Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of The Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Ash Thorpe. This is going to be episode 205 with concept artist Michael Franchina. Michael's art is just awesome. I saw it online and I just knew I had to have him on the show and he was kind enough to jump on and share his time with us. So it was really great to see just kind of what inspires him, what motivates him and just kind of see um, how he kind of gets into these states of creativity we talk a lot about what influences him, obviously, and we talk kind of how to cultivate his imagination. He talks a bit about um, drawing while watching television, which I thought was really interesting, and working very loosely and pulling stuff out of your subconscious and then weaving that into your art, which I thought was a lot of fun. Um, Michael shares a lot of short stories and books um, that help spark his imagination, and it's another thing that we kind of talk about, you know, authenticity and hijacking your mind so that you can kind of pull out things that come from within yourself. And this is something that comes up a lot is like style and being authentic and where do these ideas come from? And a lot of it doesn't come from necessarily looking at other artists, but it comes from going to other sources like reading books or watching television or um, using your imagination because there's such a power to that and you pulling and using your skill and your craft to pull that out and share that with the world. So a lot of fun, a lot of cool stuff, a lot of tips, tons of links in this episode. So hopefully enjoy um, another thing I talk a bit about is time management. Uh, Michael was asking kind of a bits of details about how I do it. I've talked about it briefly or in a couple episodes, but I go into it a little bit deeper. And this is something that I share when I go and do my talks and stuff. So it's a lot of useful information if you're having a hard time managing your day to day and managing your kind of your time, um, to get the work that you want done and being prolific with your art. So talk a little bit about that. A lot of useful tips there. Um, and we also have some really cool news. We finally have a Collective Podcast store up. It's um, at thecollectivepodcast.com slash store. Many years, many requests, lots of people have been asking for this. So thank you guys so much. Sorry for the, uh, thank you for being patient and sorry for the wait. Um, but we finally have um, some really cool gear up. This first pass of the year, we've kept it really clean, super minimal. So you can represent in class and style. We have a really cool t-shirt that you can wear wherever if you're working out or whatever. We also have a hoodie. Um, you can be at the gym working out and getting a sweat on, or you can just be really cold and put this on and represent nice, nice and classy. Um, we also have a really cool five panel hat that is really awesome. Um, I love hats. I'm always wearing hats and this one's really killer. And lastly, we have a coffee mug or a tea mug or just a cup. Um, you could use it to throw at people or to serve your favorite tea, whatever. We support it either way. So that's at thecollectivepodcast.com slash store. And right now we have this limited run kind of offer going on with the store. Is um, We also just created an Instagram account. So if you get a, a buy an item and you receive it, if you take a really cool picture and tag the collective pod on Instagram... Um, we will send you a promotional code for 10% off your next order um, just because uh, we appreciate it, appreciate the love. And we also just want to see who's getting it and how it's, how it's looking out there in the world. So, um, but yeah, we hope, we hope you guys enjoy it and um, thank you for your support for, um, ahead of time. So that's going to be it. Uh, episode 205 with the concept artist, Michael Franchina. Let's begin. I, 
I, I love this part about the internet is being able to follow artists like yourself and then reach out and then you being nice enough to come on the show. And, um, yeah, I, I think it was, yeah, it was Instagram. That's the new thing. I think Instagram. I love Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. It's the best. But yeah, man, thanks for having me. Like I was, I, I wasn't familiar with the, with your uh, podcast. I don't really listen to it like any podcast, but I went and checked it out and it's like, you have some like legends on this show, like Richard Taylor and stuff like, holy yeah. crap, man. Yeah, that was crazy. I was, <laughs> you know, the thing is with this stuff is you, you have to ask and it's a 50, 50. Usually people are, I'm too busy or it takes like two years to set up. And one would like, I remember one of the hardest episodes to set up was, um, with Crystal ball, who's the composer for utopia. Okay. And he is such a busy guy and such a unique guy. So it took us like two, three years or so <laughs> to book that, that, uh, that time. Cause you know, it's, it's not a paid thing. Right. Um, it's, it could be somewhat damaging to your career, depending on what you say here, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, people aren't always willing to, to come on here. And also, I think I don't blame people. They want to have their own obscurity to their life and their identity and they want to kind of hide behind it also, right. which is cool too. But, yeah, getting Richard on was like, I had met him when I went out to to um, New Zealand, and he That's what awesome. a beast, man! So that really helped because he was like, oh, "Okay, you're a person," and <laughs> I can't believe we had that time with him. Though I was just like, "Oh man," because he is a legend, definitely. Yeah. A legend. Well, I mean, I I watched like those behind the scenes things like Ugh. so much, you know. He's, I feel like I know that guy, but I never met him. You know, <laughs> of course, man. He's he is just as powerful in real life. Like he's such a powerhouse, such a badass dude, man. That's so, cool. yeah. So thanks. Yeah, I, re- I remember that because I, I just kind of blankly said, "Hey, I want to have you on my podcast," and you're all, "What's the hell is the podcast?" So, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "How dare you be an artist and not know this podcast?" No, I, I forgot to send you a link, so it's my fault. But no, 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 it's cool. It's the beauty of uh, that. Really, is the beauty of like having these, even though like there's. You know, people are like, oh, it's a bad algorithm and this and that. And it's got its own issues. Um, the really great thing is about bringing us all together um, and, and showing us one another's work so we can kind of relate and connect to it. So, yeah, I love it. Uh, it's like Instagram um, compared to all the other social medias, I think is just the best for artists and stuff. Yeah. It's just like constant feed of awesome shit all day. Yeah, it's almost like I guess like an equivalent to if ArtStation had like a mobile really good algorithm kind of network. It'd yeah. probably be something like that, I would imagine. So. I th- I think with ArtStation, it's just like the that's uh, kind of more like po- like a lot more like polished stuff. Like on Instagram, I'll just post like whatever you know. Yeah, I enjoy uh, that. Yeah, I enjoy yeah. seeing like the process and the progress of things too. So. Yeah, for sure. But anytime your work would pop up, I'd be like, oh, damn. And then I would share it with friends and I'm like, wow, check this out. So, <laughs> yeah, you definitely like amongst the artists that I follow, um, you definitely have, I don't know how to describe it. Like you have a, A, you have really under great understanding of design and a set like um, silhouettes. But then you also have a really great painterly style as well, digital painterly style, which is cool unique as well which i thought was really fun and there was just like a yeah there was a lot of really cool things to the way that you like would juxtapose things like weapons and eras and times and stuff so um textures and all those kinds of things so um 
Yeah. So I definitely appreciate it. There's a, some, there's certain things that stand out for me as an observer of art. And that, those were the things that I was like, wow, cool, like, crazy and trippy. And so I know that there's a mind behind it, especially when I check out your work on your site, like seeing all your sketches that, uh, that go with the art as well and right. your ideas and stuff. Have you always been drawing? You seem like a person that's been doing art for a very long time. Yeah. I, um, I, I guess, you know, everyone always says like, Oh, I've been drawn since I was a kid and stuff. Um, but my brother was always like kind of the artist of the family, you know, um, older brother or younger. Yeah. Older brother. Yeah. He, he was sort of like the artist of the family. And it's funny. Cause even now, like I, I was just back home this weekend and like, I'm like a professional artist now. I've worked at like these big companies and stuff. And like my parents will still be like, Oh, I'm, your brother's so good at art, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You bastards. <laughs> How dare they? <laughs> yeah. But he, he was the kind of what got me into it. Uh, when I was, when I was young, um, I just kind of was like tagging along, you know, Oh, Matt's drawing. I'll draw too, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but I do like, even now, like I sketch a lot. That's kind of, um, I'll just do like doodles all the time. You know, I'll just be sketching, uh, as much as possible. Is that your process? Do you kind of, do you have a sketchbook at all times near you? Are you left-handed or right-handed? I'm uh, right-handed. Okay. You're one of those I, weirdos. <laughs> I don't trust you. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like I, I don't bring it wherever I go. Like I know some people like what's that, that, that Korean guy, Kim, Kim Jong. Like I don't draw as, like as much as that guy. You must say sure. Kim Jong Il or something. I was like, no, that's not him. <laughs> Dictator. Um, I don't know how to pronounce his name, so I just Kim Jong G. Kim Jong G. Okay. I think that's his name. Yeah, that yeah, guy's crazy. Well, he's an art machine. Yeah. How dare he? Yeah. <laughs> but like that guy is just scary good. Like, oh, I'm just gonna draw an an engine from any perspective I want. Like, incredible. Um, but yeah, I just I'll, I usually for me like when when I watch TV, that's when I I sketch. Uh, so I'm just not just like sitting there watching TV. I always try to like doodle. Um, and it's like really low pressure, right? Because you're not like, I always draw with ink because I can't erase it. Um, and it doesn't smudge the sketchbook. And then, uh, I don't worry about like the sketches being good. And that's kind of what's fun about watching TV and sketching. You're just kind of messing around, you know, it's whenever you sit down to do something in like Photoshop, at least for me, it's like, Oh, it's gotta be good now. You know, <laughs> It's true. Yeah. There's a freeing element to drawing roughly. I draw, I stopped using a pencil a long time ago as well mm -hmm. for that same reason. I wanted to be a little bit, um, more permanent about my art, you know? So I wouldn't kind of, when I would do pencil, I felt like, Oh, I had control Z via eraser, you know? Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, yeah. but there's a looseness to it. So you sit down and watch TV and draw, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I'll just, I have like a tiny little, moleskin just like some it'll fit in my pocket if i want to go someplace with it um and uh yeah i'll just kind of sit there and doodle and I, like for me a lot of it too is like i'm not even looking for like a design i'm just looking for like ideas you know and so like when i watch stuff i can if i hear like a cool line of dialogue or something i can write it down mm. um because i always like to infuse all my drawings with like like a some flavor like it's not just like a cool image but like has like maybe a little bit of backstory or something yeah, that's a, that's it. Your work has a lot of narration to it. Yeah, as well. yeah, yeah. I, I like that stuff because just I don't know. There's so much art out there. Like, oh, it's like beautifully rendered, 
but I was always kind of more drawn to the stuff that like maybe wasn't as like beautifully rendered, but just had like a really strong idea, you know, um, there's a guy, uh, do you know anything about like Warhammer? Uh, the video game? Uh, well, it's like, originally it was like a tabletop, like miniatures game. Like, so you paint the minis and like you, you fight your armies against each other. Dungeons and uh, Dragon styles. Yeah. It's kind of like that, but it's more, it's not like a role-playing game where, uh, it's more like a, like a, it's like a battle game, like a war game where like you control like a whole army of these like fantasy troops and gotcha. you, you fight your friend basically. Was there an artist that was uh, like a big part of that? Well, there's, well, you know, Carl Kapinski, right? Um, let me look it up. Carl, Carl with a K, uh, C or K? K. And the Kapinski with a K. I'm sure I know the art. He, uh, he's yes. super good. Yes, yes, yes. <clears throat> yeah. So Pretty him, cool. him and this other guy, Paul Dayton, uh, they're like, I think they're like, I don't know if they're classically trained or who knows what, but they're like figures Looks feel like, like really, really great. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and then there was this other guy named John Blanche who was like the sort of art director. And like his art is actually like kind of bad, like from a technical perspective. But like his ideas are like so out there and awesome. Mm. Um, it's just really cool to see. Just goes to show, yeah, like in ideas, when you merge the two, when you have really good technique and then really good ideas, then you have like a really great, like um, a great ensemble basically. And they reveal yeah. to the final, which is awesome. Yeah. Totally. What do you think makes a good idea? And do you, you just, you said your flow is like watching TV and, or do you listen to audiobooks at all? I read a lot. Um, read physical books or you listen to audible? Uh, I used to do that. Um, I usually just read on the Kindle now. Mm -hmm. Um, the audiobooks are just, they're like too expensive. So I just don't really, um, like I, I just use the library. You can get Kindle books on from the library. Um, oh, really? Yeah. That's cool. I know that you can just yeah. like, um, like rent them there or something. It's just like, uh, so I used to live in Seattle. I live in, um, California now, but I have a, what part of California? I live in Costa Mesa, which is like kind of halfway in between Irvine and Long Beach. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, I, I love it down here. Well, um, it's more sunny. Yeah. 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 It's Seattle. I mean, Seattle was cool, but like it rained a lot. Um, but they have an awesome library and I, I got a library card there and I can still use it even though I don't live there. So I can go to their, basically their website and then you can just download books from it. Um, it's pretty cool. That's awesome. So many great resources. The library has such like a plethora of awesome things that we can all use. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's just like, I really like, uh, like horror stories and like short stories because mm. like short stories are just like, are it's favorite. just like one little idea. You know, those are my favorite. Oh, cool. Do you um, have a couple that you would recommend to check out? Well, um, Stephen King has two collections called Skeleton Crew and Night Shift. And those are probably the um, – those are some of the crates. You know, he – that was – if you're, did you ever see that movie The Mist? Yes. Yeah. So it, that, that short story is in one of those books. Um, oh, okay. Not a very well executed movie, but damn, it has some good moments. That's just yeah. me though. I'm so hard on movies. So <laughs> yeah. like they gotta be really good or I'm like, ah, yeah. 
Yeah, well, I will say, like, as far as like Stephen King movies go, it's one of the better ones. Um, yeah, yeah, he has like a Shining's short list. The best. That's my opinion. Oh, The Shining. Yeah. yeah. Well, I heard he, I heard he doesn't even like it. He no, didn't like he the, doesn't like yeah. uh, Stanley's interpretation. Yeah. But I, I don't know. It. Yeah. I mean, Shawshank Redemption is another one. Is it Shawshank? Yeah. He did. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then Green Mile is another one he did, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Dude, that guy is just on. <laughs> I love. Like, I, I've read up a lot about him too, and he's. His routine is very unique. So he's just a content creation machine. Yeah, man. He's just, he's still going like two books a year. He's like, he's got to be 70 or something. He's like my parents' age, I think. Yeah. He just shreds it out. Good thing he does. He's not like an athlete or something, you know? So he can, <laughs> as long as his brain's intact, because he right. got hit by a car and almost died. Yeah. Because he walks yeah. a lot. He gets up early in the morning, writes, I think, then takes like a long two, three hour walk with his dog and then comes back i think and writes a little bit more and then he's done for the day yeah but he, that's cool he pitches out like enough enough work to yeah it, make two two books a year i think yeah two or three so. like so, you know it's some of it's kind of hit or miss i've probably yeah. read most of his stuff but have you listened uh, have you read it you've done it yeah it's yeah. one of my favorites yeah except you know at the end the kids have like this weird gangbang which i always thought was weird i don't know if yeah, you remember like that the, part <laughs> yeah the super like the super cosmic spoiler alert but the cosmic gangbang yeah. yeah i was yeah. like did you did you see the new movie yeah i saw the new movie yeah, yeah. yeah. it was good but i, I had moments time, yeah like the whole time i'm watching it i'm like are they gonna do it like what <laughs> <laughs> i like that he goes that far and i think the thing that i loved about well what made it so unique or special was because it was it was te- it was basically about um, molestation and kidnapping, mm. so the clown is just like a symbol for that, like devils that live amongst us, you know, or, or right. like monsters that are within, and real monsters, you know, things that we all have to deal with as kids. We're so vulnerable, and there's these monsters out there, and it's like, yeah, I thought that was like the primitive, the primal reaction to that was that, and not the. Pennywise clown thing because that's just the surface but when you listen to the book it just goes so deep into the psyche of each character and it's like right. yeah my, my favorite one of my favorites not a favorite but it's really gross but the the one disturbed kid that keeps putting weird stuff in the fridge and he's kind of possessed by Pennywise so I was like oh and that there's that weird scene where he's being spied on and he's just super creepy and doing weird stuff and I was like oh, oh yeah man <laughs> so dark and yeah. so weird and so perfectly Stephen King. I tried reading uh, one of his books. Um, I stopped listening to it actually, though. It's it was about the uh, the um, JFK assassination. Oh yeah, that was like night. Oh, I forget the name. It's a eleven twenty two or something like that. Yeah, let's see eleven twenty two sixty three, a novel. Yeah, but it just kind of it kind of wavers all over. Not wavers. It's just it's very slow to build. Very, very slow. Yeah. And the characters I, aren't interesting enough for me to stick with it. So like, oh. But, isn't that like about time travel or something? Yeah, basically. Yeah. And that's a cool thing about his worlds is they're based in our reality with a slight shift, you know? So there's like, it's on an Indian burial ground and then you can like bring people back to life or right. <laughs> there's that one like little um, narrative switch, which I think is a lot of fun that only... That he does very well, but I, you're right though. He is very hit or miss, but I still appreciate and love all his books, even the ones yeah. that aren't very good. So yeah, yeah, me too. Well, they're always like, even if it's not great, it's always like a fun read. Yes. Like I, I always find myself like, 
even if I don't like it, oh, I still read it in two days or something like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's, they read, they have a great flow, that's for sure. Yeah. And you can really enjoy them because of that flow. Yeah. So you mentioned Skeleton Crew and Night Shift. Anything else that you would recommend? Because I love short stories, but I'm trying to find some more because I love just having that stuff in my head at all times. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I mean, like there's so like, I feel like so many people, they, a lot of times they just look to like art station or whatever for inspiration, but there's like a, so much more that you could be looking at, you know? Yeah. Um, but there's one guy named Matthew Bartlett. Um, he wrote a, he wrote a short story. He wrote a couple of them, but the, the first one he wrote was called gateways to abomination. I don't know if there's an audio book to it, but, uh, it's excellent. It's really good. Um, and then there was another guy. I just read his book the other night. Um, Googling. Googling. <laughs> and if you listen to the show, we'll most likely have links to this in the show notes. So so we, I, I'm all about sharing all this cool stuff because it's you never know. Like one book could change your life, you know. So Yeah, totally. Um, well, this, this next one I'm going to mention is uh, this guy named Nathan Ballingrud. How do you spell his last name? B-A-L-L-I-N-G-R-U-D. He wrote a book called Wounds, Six Stories from the Border of Hell. And it's really – I mean I'm like really into like all the occult kind of stuff like Wayne Barlow and you know. Yeah, he has some books too. And he's he's an exceptional artist. He's incredibly um, talented dude. Oh yeah. Okay. I see it. Six stories. I tried to, I tried to read a de- de- demons day or demon hell, de- hell's demons or something like that. Oh, is um, that his, I haven't read any of his books except the inferno. Um, if you, yeah, there's inferno. And then I think if you like these kind of stuff, you would probably like it. I don't know. I it probably wasn't in the mood or something. So yeah, I, it was hard for me to get through. Um, not to say it wasn't great. It was just, I think you have to be in the right frame of mind for like a Lord of the Rings kind of thing or like a fantasy thing or a sci-fi thing. You have to really be, you have to have the energy to process it, I think, properly. Yeah. I've been on a real big time, like big real crimes, true crimes kind of kick. Okay. The past couple months. Oof, man, those, those are so brutal because you have to remind yourself the whole time, like, man, that somebody really died or that's somebody's mom or somebody's sister or somebody's dad or something, you know? Yeah, well, it's actually like for me, that stuff is like too real. I, yeah. I don't like. I, I, I was reading some serial killer nonfiction books um, the other day. Like it was about this FBI guy who like coined the term serial killer, and he was talking about they made it. They just made a Netflix yeah, show. About I read it. that book. Yeah, dude, it was My like Hunter. I, I couldn't. I couldn't hack it, man. Yeah, like, it's, it's too real. It's brutal. There's one yeah. that I listen to right now. You probably wouldn't be able to get into it because it's if, th- if that was too much. This is way beyond that. But <laughs> it's called Case Files, and it's just insane. It's like he the way he delivers it is no opinions on it really. It's just uh-huh. direct information, which makes it really good in comparison to like all the other true crime podcasts. Is a lot of times so like, and then he touched her, and then <laughs> and it's like, dude, come on. But this guy just. He has like five writers, I think, and they all work on different cases and then he records them. He's an, he has an Australian accent, so it also makes it unique as well. And it's just like, man, it's very good, but it's very hard to get through though. Yeah. There's like 105 of them now and I've gone through about half of them. Damn. Yeah. But I should probably stop though. <laughs> <laughs> but I really appreciate it. So if you're in a true crime or like 
because I also like documentary style stuff too, because mm-hmm. fantasy is great, but I'll, I really enjoy like sometimes the stranger than fiction kind of stuff happens, you know, mm-hmm. stuff that you're like, what, how's that even possible? You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I just, if I, that's why I just like reading horror stuff. Cause like, it's like made to scare you, but like the other stuff is just like too creepy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause it's legit real, real stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a good horror though. I was just listening to It Follows sound soundtrack last night. Have oh, you cool. watched that movie? Yeah, yeah, that's a great movie. Yeah, I felt that that was probably one of the best current day horror films to happen in a long time. Yeah, uh, I love that. Like, I feel like there's like a pretty good like wave of like really great horror kind of you know been coming out these last couple of years. Like yeah. that's one of them. Did you see Hereditary? That's really good. Yeah, I had a hard time with Hereditary. I felt like mm. the trailer was brilliant, but the movie just kind of fell to pieces for me okay. in a lot of ways. But they had some really great scenes. That whole, I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but the driving <laughs> scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was just on another level entirely. Yeah, I couldn't believe they did that. Um, Pretty yeah. amazing and yeah. horrible <laughs> and just really gnarly. Yeah. I went and yeah. saw us. I really didn't like that at all. But again, okay, I'm so I haven't picky. seen that yet. So I thought Get what? Out had some really great moments. I really liked that movie. Um, what's that guy? Uh, his friend. I really liked uh, uh, Jordan Peele. No, like he had like his like the guy who was in the TSA in the movie. TSA. Uh, I think his name was Rod or something like that. He was really funny. Oh, I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there's um. Yeah, there's some unique things in that, but yeah, I think uh, there's. I mean, the thing was with horror is it's a it's a easy return on investment because mm-hmm. usually, for the most part, they're usually not too expensive to make, and you can get a decent a decent amount of audience to come and see it because everybody likes to be scared. Not everybody, but generally, people like to be scared. So you yeah, get, I think it's like a safe bet. So I think A52 or A254 or whatever. A, A24, yeah. Yeah, A24. I always mess up the name. But they yeah. they did um they did a couple. They did... um The Witch. The Witch. Oh, that was really good. I yeah. Like, see, that's I the kind of films I like. I like those films that are very suggestive mm-hmm. and let you fill in the blank and right. they're big on mood. Yeah. yeah I thought The Witch movie was brilliant. Like all, it's like all atmosphere. It's all atmosphere, uh, yeah. But I, I do. I will say I was glad because like, did you ever see that movie Black Death with Sean Bean? No, I was going to though. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I mean, in, at the end of that movie, like, I just wanted to see like a witch. They're they're going to like hunt down this witch and like you know burn her or whatever. Hmm. And then in the end, it was it, she wasn't actually a witch. They were just like we just have a different religion than you, right? But like, <laughs> that's like a, for me, I'm like, no, it's got to be, I want supernatural stuff in there, you know? <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. And I think the witch delivered on that in a very weird way because mm-hmm. the ending, especially, there's a lot of spoiler alerts and you know, I should probably precursor this <laughs> podcast. If you're listening to this, you haven't watched these things and we're not giving away too much, but yeah, there's the witch I felt had, um, some really unique things to it. Um, have you seen, uh, let's see, um, pretty, have you seen I'm the Pretty Thing That Lives in the House? I tried to watch it, but it was just too slow for me. It's very slow. Very, yeah. very slow. I, I yeah. give that to you. It's a very slow movie, but it, if you can get through it, it has some really interesting moments. He, That director did a couple. He, he did this one called The Black Coat's Daughter. Was, oh, yeah. I like that one. Yeah, that one's mm-hmm. that one's got some epic creep to it. How about yeah. Raw? Have you seen Raw? 
No, it's just spelled like the Egyptian god. Uh, no, it's um, Ra R A W. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that one's really crazy. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, it's unique. I mean, it's like a coming of age story. If you switch out some of the words, <laughs> you know, it's just interesting. But yeah, the black yep. coats, <laughs> the black coats' daughter was really great. I think for me, those are like the films. If I were to make a horror film, they're very close to kind of my taste as a just as a consumer. I wanted to watch um, Suspiria. Have you seen that yet, Suspiria? Suspiria. I have not seen the the, the re- no. I haven't seen the new one. I'm um, curious about it because I'm not a I'm not a big like. Dario Argento fan, so I didn't know what to expect. I guess from that one, um, it looked cool, and they yeah. had some good, good actors in it. And um, Tom York did the score too, which is oh really? That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, which I imagine is probably unique. So, but yeah, I need to. It's on my list of things to watch. So, I guess that one kind of it. It's I, not the I same look, director though. Is it's not the Argento guy? So no, it's a totally different guy. Yeah. Yeah. But like it looked kind of like maybe like too artsy for me. Yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> but it did look cool. It. Yeah, there's definitely artsiness to it. But yeah, those are some movies that I definitely want to check out. Um, yeah, so you mentioned short story, sorry, and this is how the podcast goes. It bounces all over the place. Yeah, it's cool, man. It's just fun chatting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, just con- you know, common likes and, and things that, um, you know, there's a reason why your art looks the way it is because – you consume or you are into a certain type of thing too. So yeah, totally with your art. What is your goal? Like with what you create, do you have like a goal in mind or you, do you just do it because um, for whatever reason, it's just what you do or like, I don't know. Yeah. I know what you mean. Um, I, I, and I do have like sort of an over, like all the stuff I do is kind of tied to this one world that I've been making. Um, at least all the stuff like I post on Instagram anyway, uh, it's all kind of part of the same universe. So like really, I just kind of want to build up this like world, uh, you know, um, are you planning to make like a book or, yeah, I wanted to make a book, you know, I looked at, I, so I was working at blizzard on some of these like unannounced projects and, um, you know, as time went on, I, I was like, you know, I don't own any of this stuff, you know, yeah, that's tough. and like you give all your, you give like every, like at least for me, I would like give everything. I would think about it all the time, you know, of course. and then like you'd, you'd go to work and someone would make a decision they like maybe didn't agree with or whatever. And I always had a hard time sort of all my jobs were kind of the same way. Like I always had a hard time like if I didn't necessarily like trust the person or like think that they had like the best intense intentions in mind for the project, like it would be hard to like listen to their sort of feedback, I guess. Yeah. Um, anyway, it would it just be like, I'd, I'd go to these, you know, we'd have these big meetings and stuff and like, you'd hear people talk and I'm like, Oh, I guess a lot of times you'd be like, Oh man, I guess you don't really know what this thing should be. And I, it's hard to tell if like, was that an ego thing or what? Somewhat, uh, right? I, yeah. But at the same time, it's it's part of being passionate, right? Right. Yeah. So I I guess I just kind of went. I've been I've been doing this since 2004, and I was like, man, if I don't kind of, I, I was looking at these guys like uh, uh, Jacob Brzezowski or Mr. Werewolf and um, Simon Stallenhag, mm-hmm. uh, and they 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 just kind of made their own stuff, and it got a big reception because people really liked it. And I, I noticed the same thing. Like when I would post my personal work, people would like it. 
like, and I, I was like, that's cool. Okay. Maybe I could do that too. You know? Yeah. Um, so I was like, okay, I guess I'll, I, I want to make that more of a focus. So I, um, cause it's tough. Like when you come home from work hmm. to work on personal stuff, like you just, um, you have to love it. Right. Yeah. It, but like, even still, like you're tired a lot of the time and you just want to kind of like sit there. And so most of the time it'd just be like, Oh, I could do some sketches and, and that'll be enough. Um, but yeah, I really just wanted to make a book and just see what happens, you know? Sure. So I quit, I quit my job and, uh, when did you just, do that? I was in, um, October. Okay. Uh, and this yeah. was at Blizzard? Yeah. I, I quit, I quit my job there and I just do freelance now. Um, and I still don't have enough time to work on my own stuff, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll, you'll, t- you'll tend to work lo- more from home. Yeah. 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 But the nice thing is like, cause when I would go to work, you'd have to get up, you know, take a shower, go to work. And then you spend the next like eight hours at work and then you come back and then you typically I was tired or whatever. Yeah. But, but now I can wake up, I could do my own stuff and then do work, you know, like freelance work. Um, so I find like I have just a little bit more time, maybe not as much as I want, but, um, but yeah. So yeah, that's kind of what I've been doing is trying to build this whole world and just kind of see where it goes. It's just kind of fun to do. It's um, awesome though that you made the to, the leap to do that because I mean it's such a <clears throat> it's such a choice you know yeah to, to get out there and like throw yourself out there and and try to be, you know because it's such a risk but at the same time it's so worth it if you can make the balance work so totally and if you can totally. keep your cost of living down and you know all that kind of stuff it kind of works out okay. Yeah. yeah. It's a little tough cause like California is so expensive, but, yeah, um, it's very expensive here. The weather's so nice. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's why everybody lives here. Well, not yeah. everybody, but that's why a lot it's, it's very over, it's overcrowded because it's such a nice place to live. Yeah. Yeah. I grew up partially here. So it's just been crazy this to see how much it's developed since I've been here too. It's just like a lot of growth and just a lot of people, but yeah, <laughs> it's very expensive though. Um, but yeah, it's hard to beat though. So freelancing, that's cool. Yeah, I've been doing it for a long time now. It's tough. It's very tough, I think. Yeah, tough on you the soul. Hustle. Yeah, it gets tiring. <laughs> and then like like you said, so I have the same thing where when I was working and I would put everything into a project and then I'd give them all these ideas and then they wouldn't be registered or they wouldn't make sense or they wouldn't I wasn't good enough at conveying them or communicating them and then right. Then, but then they own them and I'm like, shit, you know, and mm-hmm. your part of your mind goes, you know, you're not going to have all these ideas all the time. So hold on <laughs> to them. And then the other part of my mind's like, ah, that's just weak thinking. You can have as many ideas as you want. You just have to keep wanting it, you know? So, oh yeah. So I, I feel like it, there's always going to be ideas. Um, it, I, it, that was never, I think an issue for me anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I know what you mean. Um, it just, for me, it was tough. Cause like, I want, like when you own it, I don't know, like you can, when you go, when you work a job, it's like you're trading only time for money. Right. Yeah. But like, if you make something, then you can sell it for longer, I guess. Like who knows what you could do with it? I, you know? Yeah. That's a, that's a beauty of it though, too. And that's, I think that's like a really important part of having your own currency, you know? Mm-hmm. So like, um, I was talking with Mache. Are you familiar with Mache's work? Mache? Oh yeah. 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 So I was talking with Mache a lot. We're doing like an, uh, an art station kind of podcast together. Cause we've been doing a lot of talking about the future of art and like 
CGI and the industry and all that stuff, because mm -hmm. I feel like there's really a, there's a, there's a lot of AI stuff happening and um, there's a lot of interesting things happening within our industry. So we're have, having this big talk about it. But um, I think when I look at like your work, it's really great because um, you have so much personality and, and ideologies that go into it mm. that um, I think that's like a super core value to have more so than ever, especially going into the future. It's good to know how to render things, but soon enough it'll get to the point where you, it's all, it's all about executing your ideas properly Yeah, um, because dude, the I tools are going to get faster and better and it's not going to matter. So well, I'm so excited. I'm actually like people are terrified of like the sort of AI stuff, but I, I think it's cool for an artist anyway, because it's going to be like, you could be your own movie director, you yeah. know, you could make the whole movie by yourself, I guess, you know, depending on how powerful that stuff is. And that's exciting, I think. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of how I'm a, it's, you know, when I'm doing, I have, I build make, I make about two to three short films a year and yeah. They take so much time and effort, but it's because the process is so big because um, yeah. you have to like, I mean, the idea stage is the easiest for me because it's like, yeah, ideas pl is plenty, but mm -hmm. you have to sketch them and then you have to go into ZBrush and model them and then you have to rig them and then you have to UV them and then texture them and then, you know, then put them in the scene and animate them and light them and like render them and comp them. And so there's this huge stage, but I... One thing I've been seeing that I'm really interested in is probably something that you're probably interested in as well, especially coming from a video game area, is just the power of these game engines and what they have to offer us as artists too. Oh, yeah. You know, so like it'd be so cool to look at your painting, but then be in that space, you know, like with one of the characters, it'd be like, oh, so creepy. Totally, yeah. The uh, like a lot of people use Unreal, um, and they just use that. Like they just put their, it has all the lighting baked in and yeah. everything. Like. Have you been, have you dabbled with that stuff much? I find it tough. I, I do a little bit of ZBrush. I never really learned 3D much beyond like SketchUp. And I looked at, I look at all these guys like, um, J like Jama, Jama. Yeah. Jirab Jama Jirabayev. Yeah. Yeah. They like, call them Pajama Jamas. <laughs> yeah. Jama Pajamas. Like, those like, and, and, uh, and the other guy you were saying, Mache. Yeah. Mache. Yeah. Mache, Mache. Yeah. yeah. Like the, and, and like your stuff too, where like, it's just it's like a lot of like these really great like 3d models that are like tech. It's almost like you're, it's like the character artists at this point, you know, in some ways. Yeah. I think it just, um, yeah, you'd probably thrive. If you had like somebody that you could sit next to that would teach you it. Cause it's such a, it's such a journey to go from where you are to a 3d element. It's such a journey mm -hmm. and it's a excruciatingly painful one to, at times <laughs> too. But yeah, I would love to, um, see your ideas in like three dimensions too. And like, yeah, I, when I look at your work too, it was something that came to my mind and I was curious if you're a fan of Dune. You like Dune? I love Dune. I think when I look at your work, I'm like, man, I would love to see your take on that world because, um, I feel like your work, it fits that world so well. Totally. Just yeah, all that stuff. Have you considered that? And have, did you get a chance to work on it? Oh no, no, I haven't worked yeah. on any movies. Uh, Oh. I've just worked on games so far. Gotta get you on some movies, man. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that that production would have. I think they're done with production. I think they're in. They're shooting now, I believe. So I don't know if they have anything left. But 
Damn, oh, it would have awesome. been dope to see, <laughs> you know, your 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 setup on Paul Atreides or like one of the uh, Arconans or something. You know. Oh yeah. Well, I taught a class at uh, Brainstorm. Okay. Um, and uh, teaching is really fun. And uh, for their last, assi- it was a character design class. And for the last assignment, I had them design the uh, starter car. Oh, D- nice. Because they they don't have like any really like description. Yes. You know, in the book, so like you. you and I had basically I told him you got to read the book or like listen to the book and then design. And I gave him like a big lead up, a big lead, like a lead time to read the book and stuff. Because to like understand how to design it, you have to know what the world is like. It's yes. not just like a sci-fi guy, you know. <laughs> no, yeah, it's a huge world. It's so deep, yeah, and so rich. I'm excited to see what he. I like his movies a lot. Danny's Me too. Movies. Yeah, I that movie was in need of a remix or a redo. Yeah. I mean, I like the, I like the, um, the Lynch one. It? Yeah. I like the, like the, well, I like the production design of the Lynch one. Me too. I wish it wasn't yeah. lit like Harry, like, um, Willy Wonka though. <laughs> I wish they turned off like all of the lights. <laughs> Everything's front lit and all the lights are on. Like, Oh, this is great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Drives me nuts every time. I really want to rebuild some of those sets and relight them <laughs> in 3d. <laughs> But they're pretty. They're pretty dramatic awesome. scenes. So yeah. Well, I love the uh, the Emperor's throne room when the guild oh. navigator comes in. Dude, and, uh, come so on, man! <laughs> Imagine if you just had like. I wish Ridley Scott was there, and Ridley Scott. Oh yeah. Shot it and directed it because if you had like lights going through those like crazy spines in the roof. Yeah. And then backlight the the crazy thing with all the lights, and then have just smoke yeah i just have that dude come on man that scene would be so much stronger with that so but i think the cool thing is um i think the dop that he's using for the new one is the guy that shot rogue one which is rogue one is very beautiful cinematically so and i think he shot some other things to see dune movie um let's see gotta find this dude's name because he's awesome i follow him on instagram He's got some really awesome shots. Does he post like photographs and stuff? Yeah, little teasers, like little like of the slate and stuff. It's pretty awesome. That's like, cool. They're out in the desert right now shooting, so I don't know. It's just I get I, I love that stuff. Yeah, like Dune movie 2020, and then it's a director of photography. I was trying to think of what other movies because he shot at quite a few really good movies. Um, do you do um, so? You do t- you you taught some classes. Do you take classes? Do you are you constantly learning? Or I uh, I haven't really taken any classes recently. Um, I did want to take what was it? Um, was it? I think maybe it was Mache was teaching one about environment art. I wanted to take, but I didn't have any of the software, and it looked really expensive, so I didn't. Yeah, it's like octane or something like that. So I don't. Oh yeah, yeah. It gets it gets kind of up there. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of I a did, bummer. That's a barrier I, of entry. Yeah. Yeah, everybody's been doing like Blender and stuff, and it has like that. What is it, EV or something like that? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that gets you going. Yeah, I, I've been doing ZBrush, and my I have a friend uh, that still works at Blizzard, and she'll kind of she'll she'll we'll do like little Google Hangouts, and she'll kind of show me how to do stuff. Um, but I always just use it as like a base for like I don't go I don't go I don't know how to like texture or UV or anything, so I don't really do any of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a tricky thing. But if you use like 3D coat, it's pretty good at UVing and stuff, and I'll do like auto UVing. There's oh, another thing that I 
my friend Cornelius uses that I always forget the name of, but it's apparently really, really good with that, like AI version. So you don't have to worry about seams and stuff. That's cool. And if you do paint overs, it doesn't really matter too. So if you're just doing right. an image, it does, you can cheat a lot of stuff. So yeah, yeah, it's all about the process. So the guy's name, the DOP is Greg Fraser. And How do you spell his last name? F-R-A-S-E-R. But he shot um, Foxcatcher, which was fucking awesome, and Zero Dark Thirty. and Oh, I like that movie. Yeah, so, and Killing Them Softly, which is super well shot, like very, very well shot. I just watched it the other day. It was like, man, a lot of people didn't like that movie. I, I thought it was great. It was very different. So it's a different way of telling that kind of story. But he's doing Dune right now. So I think it's going to look he's going to turn off a lot of lights, <laughs> which I'm excited about. Yeah. I'm excited about that. So that should be cool. I'm looking yeah. forward to that. To, to, uh, that'll be a movie. I'm going to go watch in the theater for sure. Yeah. Same yeah. here. When's the I last film you, you watched in the theater? I think I saw hereditary in the theater. Oh, that's a long time ago then. Yeah. I don't really go to the movie theater anymore. Um, even I'm a huge Hellboy fan. I didn't even go see the new one. Um, oh, the new Hellboy came out. Yeah. Is it a del Toro movie? No, it was uh, Neil Marshall. Oh, okay. He directed like The Descent and um, some. He, he actually did. You watch Game of Thrones at all? Yeah, yeah. I just finished. I'm all caught up. Damn. Okay, I'm I'm not caught up yet. I yeah, haven't watched the, the last two, but um, he directed the Battle of the Bastards from last season. Do you oh, remember that? Man. Yeah. Wow, that was just insane. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I, it was so over the top. They had yeah. like these corpse piles. Like <laughs> that, that was just insane. I probably yeah. the most insane battle I've ever seen on television. Besides yeah. from this next one, you, you'll see. It's building okay. up, so I'm not going to spoil <laughs> it. But yeah, it's. I've seen I've seen a lot of people on Facebook going like I can't believe what happened. You know? Yeah, you gotta <laughs> stay away from it. Yeah, <laughs> people love to spoil a little jerks, man. So yeah, I mean at least say spoiler alert. You know, so yeah, but, yeah, it's it's insane. I can't believe how they're able to to pull that all off. It's just it's really on another level entirely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I love the, I love the books. Um, the books are great. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy how season one follows the book so perfectly. It's crazy. Yeah. Almost word for word. And it's so well realized. It yeah. deviates quite a bit. And there's a couple of things that bug me, but. Well, for me, the things that bug me were the, a lot of the armor designs in the beginning. I found like, I'm a, I'm really into like medieval armor. Mm. So like, I'm a real big stickler on, on a lot of that stuff. And I felt like a lot of the armor design in the first season and like basically up to like season three, I think where like, there's a lot of weak armor designs, but then they kind of fixed a lot of that. So that was good. <laughs> yeah. It's a huge budget. I imagine all that. Yeah. Stuff. Well, yeah. a lot of it was just like, like when I'm designing stuff, I notice a lot with my students when they're designing stuff where like, they're like, I have to make something totally new. It has to be, no one's ever seen this before. <laughs> and like every time somebody tries to do that for the most part, unless you're like a fucking genius, yeah, it's going to look generic in the end. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Unless you really have a form and function mind. Right. An engineer mind. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I guess. Yeah. It would depends. It's all about the situation scenario with designing, right? It's like you got to give yourself the box and then you build within it. Yeah. yeah. I just, for, for me, it's always been like, I have like these giant Pinterest boards full of like reference that I'm always mm. looking at. And but a lot of times you just don't even have to design it. You just have to find it um, and like apply it and, and hodgepodge and mash it together. Yeah. yeah. And, and it doesn't even have to be like a photo bash, but like just the ideas, you know, like, um, it always bugs me. Like 
when somebody designs like a belt and like they make this like crazy sci-fi belt buckle or something like that. And I'm like, well, that's just not how belts work. Like we, if you look at a belt now, they like, it just looks the same as a belt from like 1400, you know? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> or no belt at all. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I hate wearing belts. So yeah. Same with ties and stuff. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's true, you know? And yeah, I think that's really a good point because when I'm drawing stuff or I'm thinking about it, I try to think about those things. But to me, it's always like, what's the purpose? What's the point? Totally. And, you know, what's what's it serving its purpose to? Mm-hmm. If it's serving your ego to try and be different, then so be it. And you can be like Nihei or something, you know, like that um, uh, anime artist. Not anime, he's a manga artist. He did the blame stuff. And he has like those like little bots with like huge guns and stuff, you know, like <laughs> just like really ridiculous stuff. But at the same time, it f- kind of fits because it's his world logic. So right. you kind of accept it or like a Gundam fighter or something kind of has some wildness to it. So, yeah, uh, there's like it's all it's sort of like a um, I guess it depends on the execution, I guess. But because um, you could you could take like a dumb design and and if you draw it really well, like, you know, it'll look cool, I guess. But, um, I don't know, but even the Gundam stuff, like, I, I don't know if you watch any of the Gundams, they had one called eighth MS team and it kind of, it kind of got rid of like, if you watch like Gundam wing, it was more like a soap opera with robots. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's basically what it is. <laughs> How do you spell the, 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 the suit that you talked about? Um, it's a show called eighth, like, like, uh, number eight, like eighth, eight TH. Uh, eighth MS team. And it was, it was treated more like a war movie and not like a soap opera. Mm. Uh, and I, I just loved it so much more cause it felt more like believable, you know, eighth MS team. That's it. Yeah. Yes. Um, have you watched Pat labor? The one that the, um, the guy that did ghost in the first ghost in the shell or first two ghost in the shells did. I have not, I know I, I'm familiar with it, but I haven't, he did yeah. show, show, um, Rinjan, I think it's called. Rinjan. Rinjan. Um, Jinro, I think it's Jinro. Oh, Jinro. I love that. Yeah. Um, it was also converted into a feature film yeah. in Japan, too. I think it was not good, but... Um, I, I tried to watch it. it. It was pretty bad. Yeah, it's unfortunate. So, sometimes these things really do not translate well. I, well, for that one, for me, like Jinro... I'm curious if you like that one because you seem to like the sort of like slower stuff. That yeah, was pretty slow. It's very slow. Yeah. I think I couldn't get through it because I was really tired of working a lot at that time. But it's kind of <laughs> has a lot of his his films have a lot of those very interesting introspective kind of. They're, they're films that I think at, when they first drop they don't have a big splash, but take mm-hmm. they build over the years as people work with them and get used to them and kind of are find that rhythm with them. Same with like. Ghost in the Shell 2, Innocence, I was like, where, where's the, all this stuff? You know, like, where's all the, you know, I was expecting the first one again, right. which was kind of weird. But then when it um, really started to hit, I started to realize the genius and brilliance behind that movie. And it is really good. <laughs> it's crazy how good that movie is. If you can like just take the ride that he's giving you, you're like, mm. wow, man, have you watched <laughs> that one? I have not seen that one. It's pretty nuts, man. There's a, the whole end is just like, it's really quite genius in the weirdest is craziest ways. It's one of the very unique things that I've watched before. Yeah. 
Yeah, the Wolf Brigade, Jinro. That's what. It's yeah, called. yeah, the Wolf Brigade. Well, I think for me it was. Um, I tried to. I was all excited because I'm like, oh, I love the design of those like Nazi guys, the Nazi armor guys, and. Yeah. Uh, but then the show was like, I don't know. You you were talking about lighting, and it was like they had like too many. Like the original cartoon is like pretty like low key in terms of saturation, and then this one, it was like it had a more like Blade Runner-y look. Like it had a lot of like like neon lights and like blue, like James Cameron eighties blue fill light and stuff like that. Like, um, I just didn't really like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's all an aesthetic, you know? So yeah. if, and if you don't click with it, then it, well, it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And that's a brilliant, that's a beautiful thing about all this stuff is there's so much content for us to consume from books to animes, all these things to movies and stuff, but they all kind of feed the thing. One other thing that I, I felt when I looked at your work was one of my favorite movies. It's got its quirks, but it's the dark crystal. Oh, I love that movie. It's so good, man. Yeah. Freaking Skeksis, dude. Yeah, oh, I love man. <laughs> so good. Jamelin, <laughs> <Drop that> scepter. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I love that scene where like the emperor like crumbles to oh, dust, you know, dude, so, so good. good. <laughs> yeah. It's so unique. They're making like a new one, I guess. That would I'm be really a, excited that. It, it has to be done by like Michel Gondry or something. It has to be <laughs> done by a very unique visionary artist, like a visionary mm-hmm. director, because it is such a unique thing. It's, yeah. it, but I think like if they did it in a really smart way with like not using puppets for like the main characters and did some really great CGI blending, like, I don't know, like Fincher level blending where you can't tell and then mm. do some puppetry too. So. Yeah. It's a bummer yeah, that that awesome. art's kind of gone the way because it's so unique. But yeah, there's <laughs> moments where it was like, ugh. But yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. That would be an interesting one. Such a classic yeah. from, from the youth. Well, I just, I love that they made like a whole world. Um, yeah. I don't know if you bought the book. There's like a, the world of the dark crystal, I think it's called. I don't know. Let's see the world. Maybe I have uh, the dark. Do you have a bunch of books as well? Yeah, I got a got a lot of books. I don't I don't buy as many art books as I used to, just because like internet. But um, I do like to collect them. That's for sure. Yeah, me too. I have a lot of books. Yeah. Oh, this book's cool. I have to get this. Um, It's cool because like uh, Brian Froud was the concept designer. Such a badass dude. He's so good. So Um, creative, man. Yeah, I think he must have done like a lot of acid or something because his ideas are pretty out there. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, probably, yeah. Probably he was tripping on some stuff. Yeah, yeah so especially back then in that day, yeah. that I think it was kind of commonplace. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, they had the, the Goblins of the Labyrinth. I have that one. So. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, the, the Labyrinth's one of my favorite. I have a big poster of it in my office. <laughs> That's yeah. cool. Henson is genius, man. Yeah, he kind of died too young, I think. I was he yeah. had probably another couple dark crystals in him, I think. Oh yeah, he had at least 5 or 10, 5 or 6 more <laughs> movies in him, I think, cuz he yeah. was such a prolific creator too. Yeah. He was constantly creating and he surrounded himself with like all the right people as well cuz like and all his movies are so unique. They're so yeah. they're so on their own level of uniqueness, which is awesome. Well, like for the Dark Crystal, his objective was like I want to make a movie that has no humans in it at all you know and and nowadays that's no big deal but back then that was a pretty big deal i'd say huge yeah it was a huge thing yeah yeah i love that though um 
Yeah, I'd love to see. I wonder how that would work. I guess maybe like Leica could pull that off, or like Leica did a hybrid version of like another team, like Sony Pictures teamed up with Leica and did a hybrid. That could be really cool. That would be cool. Probably never happened, but yeah. Is there a movie <laughs> that you can think of that you'd love to see be remade? Remade, um, or just made? Oh, uh, I would I would have loved to have seen uh, Del Toro's at the Mountains of Madness. Um, yeah, I think he he's been wanting to. That's a uh, what's his name? The uh, he makes all those old stories, right? It's an yeah. old story. H.P. Um, Lovecraft. H.P. Lovecraft. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Blank. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, because there hasn't been like the best Lovecraft. I'm a huge Lovecraft fan, but there hasn't been a lot of good like adaptations of his work. Hmm. Um, the best movie, the best Lovecraft movies aren't aren't actually adaptations of his work. The, like the, to me, the best Lovecraft movie is the movie Alien. That's an H.P. Lovecraft. No, it's not, but it, it's Lovecraftian. In, oh, in a, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It has a lot yeah. of influence. I was just watching. I watched it twice last night. I always watch that movie. It's <laughs> a brilliant film, man. It's yeah. Brilliant. It's like flawless. It's got some editing issues and some funny, like disconjointed things that happen. And, but it's so good, man. Yeah. So good. I love yeah. it way more than aliens or any of the other ones. Same here. Yeah. I, I was pretty disappointed with the, the newer ones. Um, yeah, they show too much. They talk too much. There's like, too much did, stuff going on. Like they explain, <laughs> like, yeah, they just definitely explain like, I freaking like, hate what, that. Yeah. Like the mystery was what made it cool. Yes. Um, you just, yeah. you just, you just fall into this world and everybody acts as if they're not in a movie. Yeah. They act as if they're really there <laughs> yeah. and they and do, they, and they do reactions yeah. that make sense. And I love that. Like that it's, it's a female lead. I love how unique that is, you know, cause it's yeah. unexpected for the most part. Cause usually it's like a male lead winner and stuff. So, right. And everybody just gets roasted. It's like, oh, it's so good. And it's so primal too. And it yeah. was like, of course, it was like the perfect storm because you had all those unique people together. For me, it's yeah. just like it's a symbol of excellence within the genre. Because in my opinion, there's never been a better sci-fi horror no. ever. Still. No. I mean, is there? Event Horizon had all yeah. the all the pieces to make yeah. to, to make another really great one, but... It fell apart. It fell apart because they yeah. kept explaining stuff. It's like, dude. Well, like the, like the first, like, I love, I was just going to say, like, Event Horizon might be, like, another good one. But at the end, like, it, it starts going, like, off the rails. Yeah. You know, like, the first half is, like, excellent. It's excellent. I mean, yeah. It yeah. has some really, I mean, there's some stupid shit that happens. But the idea that there's this, like, horror black portal and stuff in yeah. space is, like, wow. It's so, <laughs> it's so unique and so yeah. new. And yeah. yeah, I got it's such a bummer. I hate that. I'm like a facepalm. Like no, <laughs> yeah, it's such a bummer. But that's a that would actually be a really great um, idea or film to actually not remake, but like re repurpose. I guess if that makes sense. Like that idea is so brilliant. Yeah, if it was done with the right director, almost it could be really <laughs> unique. Almost yeah. like treat it like Solaris or something, treat it like that in that kind of realm. But yeah, I mean, that movie Sunshine was okay. The Sunshine. Danny Boyle movie. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, it had some really great moments and some yeah. super cheeseball moments, though, too. Yeah. But I love that they had some really good mood and tone. And yeah, we're all space dust or <laughs> dust. Yeah. People went a little bit ape shit. So <laughs> had some great moments, though. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think of another. Cause that was like more of a thriller, not like really a horror necessarily. I guess that's yeah. what alien is though too. 
It's like a well, haunted it, house in space, I guess. Yeah, but it does have like the, the like the really quality gore that you a lot of times you kind of expect in a horror movie. That's um, true. Yeah, yeah, that would be a good one. I'm trying to think of another one. I was just. Uh, have you watched any of the new Star Wars movies? Are you a Star Wars fan? Yeah, I'm a big Star Wars fan. I I haven't really liked many of the new movies. I think the the one I liked the most was uh, the Solo Solo movie. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful, huh? Yeah, that it is, is visually delicious. Yeah, I, I think this for me the story was kind of the the best out of the bunch too. Like they weren't like a lot of the other ones felt like it's kind of well. It's like the first one they just kind of like rehashed like the plot line from the first movie. Yeah, um, I mean they all look great and they, they always have like the, a ton of like super talented artists on there. But I don't know. There's something about a movie. I don't know. Like they just they never take enough time to like really get that script down i guess i'm not sure it's really pretty much what you're saying is is a real big problem in the industry that i've seen too just uh-huh. being so deeply immersed in it is yeah a lot of times they'll scrap the budget for writers um for i think for star wars i'm sure they paid them but for the for the for the going rate of how it works from what i understand is oftentimes writers have to write free basically and they get paid once the movie starts getting paid or they get uh-huh. they own parts of it so it's like it's crazy uh, like, how could you expect somebody to spend a year for free, you know, because mm-hmm. to write a good script, write a good story, it takes a year, maybe two years, you know, right. mm-hmm. to really flesh it out and, totally. and get rid of all the bad ideas and then bring in the right people. And you have to have really smart people that have good mm-hmm. understanding of like, I mean, Game of Thrones is, is at its core has some amazing writing in it. Yeah, at its, sure. it's the most digestible like the plot is very digestible and it's very like you can consume it very well, but it also has complexities to it because the characters are so dynamic. So, and the way that the show portrays them is so dynamic and the books too. Um, but yeah, that's a, yeah, I was really, I really liked game of Thrones. I, the last, the season before this newest one was like, I was kind of like, Oh, this show is driving me nuts. (laughs) I could, cause, um, I could just feel all the producers, executive producer notes, and they're just doing like fan fiction shit now. So it's like, <laughs> you need to kill off people, you know, stop making them all live, kill them all off, start new, you know? So, <laughs> cause that's what the brilliance of that show was, is like you would kill off the main character and then the main character would live on through other characters with right. all his traits. And then you would just have this, this cycle that lived in this world, which is so great. So, but yeah, blah. Oh, well, what you going to do? <laughs> I would love to see. Yeah. So like when I saw your work, that was like one of the, the key things. I was like, oh, man, I hope that he worked on Dune. That's a bummer you didn't because no. I could see that. No, it fits because like the world is is like very feudal, like yes. medieval. Yeah. Even though it's, it's like a hybrid blend. Years. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been cool. I mean, there's so much stuff you could do with like heraldry and like you have all these houses and all, I, I hope they do all that stuff. I'm curious to see. I, um, oh, I'm um, I just hope they don't do like carbon fiber sci-fi guy, you know? Oh, I hate it. (laughs) I hate it. I don't watch any of those movies. I'm such a jerk about it too. I have like a bunch of my friends work on them and I love them. It's just like, Mm -hmm. I, I can't watch those movies like the Avengers and stuff. I just can't get into it. Yeah. It drives me nuts. (laughs) Yeah. I, I, I like the, was it guardians of the galaxy was pretty fun. It's entertaining. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think it caught the edge of like not take itself so seriously. Right, yeah, right. Because like when you take it too seriously, it's like, come on now, 
Um, <laughs> it gets weird, you know, like the whole Superman, like I got to save lives and he destroys a city. Like, okay. <laughs> Thanks, dude. I, I know a lot of people hate that. I actually like that movie a lot. The, <laughs> is that the Zack Snyder one? Yeah, the Man of Steel, Zack Snyder. <laughs> yeah. You know the one movie that I like of his that a lot of people don't like? I think that he executed it very well, which is Watchmen. Which yeah, is almost an unfilmable movie because of just how huge it is. Mm-hmm. But damn, it was done well, man. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy um, how big that was. His, his Dawn of the Dead remake was really good too, actually. Dawn of the Dead. Uh, I don't know if I yeah. watched that. You like zombie movies? Yeah, they're okay. Um, but it, it was really well done and it has like the best opening credits of like any movie. Oh, okay. I know what you're talking about. My buddy, <laughs> um, my, buddy my old boss did those. Dawn really? Dawn of the Dead. Uh, title sequence. Is this the newest one, 2004? Yeah, that should be. Yeah, that's it. Yes, if I know. Let's see. Uh, yeah, so that was done by, uh, yes, that was Kyle Cooper. So my first job in the industry was working with Kyle. He has a shop called Prologue. And Prologue, they did seven, like the intro to seven. Oh, okay. And stuff. So they, cool. they, do, they do the best title sequence, in my opinion, of yeah. all time. Yeah, Kyle is a genius. He's yeah. incredible. Yeah. That yeah. one like they it's had this, like, this Johnny Cash song is playing and yeah. like they got this like the the uh the names are like getting they're like made out of blood and they're getting squirted. Oh man, it's That's so literally how he did it. He had the <laughs> he had the letters and then he put them on a plane of glass and then he would spray them and then blow them with the blow and then like film it and then you would reverse it. You know? So Okay. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, because he was like, uh, it was so funny. I love that story too, because Kyle was like, oh, you know, they were saying, oh, we got to get all this sim artists and this fluid shit and this and that. And it's going to cost all this money. And he was like, man, put it on glass. I'm going to spray it and we'll film it, reverse it. And it's like, I love when people think about clever, because it takes you as a viewer to the same place. Right. Actually, to a better place, I think, if it's done in real, like in mm-hmm. camera. So, yeah, it was very well executed. So, so did he write the names? In like he wrote them in like some kind of liquid. Yeah, I think what they probably did, from what I understand, is they would make like a stencil. Oh right. And then maybe maybe they would paint it or spray it or something on glass. Then he would spray the letters off camera mm-hmm. and then film them, and then they would be dripping. So you would you know turn the glass whatever angle it would be dripping, and then take that footage and then reverse it basically in the edit. So you go pull it together, and so it has this very unique look to that's it. cool yeah, yeah I, lo- I love that opening sequence is really good yeah um, that's yeah that's uh that's the brilliance of um kyle that's that's really <laughs> what got me really into all this stuff too is um title sequences because i'm like well they're like little mini movies you know yeah well it, pre- it like sets you up for the, what you're gonna watch yeah um, it, it's like a it's like a, a door that like puts you in the frame of mind that you need to be in to watch whatever you're gonna watch yeah. Fincher um, says it perfectly. He's like, it's, it's lifting the curtains basically. Yeah. 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 It's opening you as a viewer into the world. And that's why he still does title sequences. He does them on almost all his movies actually, which is unique because you don't, not all movies need them. A lot of times they don't need them. Like game of yeah. Thrones, like that title, they've been using that for a long time. I mean, that changes and adjusts, but I don't, do you think that show would be any less good if it didn't have title sequence? That's one thing I always ask myself. Um, I think it's, I think it helps, but at the same time, I don't think it would, if it wasn't there, I don't know if it would be, I think it's a, for me, it's a song. Oh, of course. The song yeah. is very iconic. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. 
That's kind of what gets me in the da, mood. Da, 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 yeah. yeah, you get you get like, oh shit, like, yeah, you get all pumped up and into it. Yeah, but but then like uh, with the True Detective sequ- opening sequence, That's like a great that one. Yeah, like that would always get me like, because it feels like I don't know, like kind of dirty in a way, and the show yeah. is kind of dirty, and it yeah. would kind of get me in that frame of mind when like I'm gonna watch this show. Yeah, that was a great show, man. That first yeah. season was awesome. I like yeah. the third one too. The, I, I the haven't. Next I, one. I was so slow. It was hard for me to get through. I think I was just really tired, but mm. I, I loved the buildup and where they were going. With I just need to sit down and watch it. Have you watched uh, Fargo? Uh, the the series or the show? yeah the, the Fargo show? Yeah, I watched. I, I think I watched season one and two. That was great. I didn't expect much from that because I was like, well, it's already a great movie. Yeah, um, it's one but of my I liked favorites. it a lot. Yeah, yeah, I was really I was pleasantly surprised. I really loved yeah. it. I thought it was really really good. Probably one of the best shows of recent time, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Damn, sorry that for anybody that's listening that's wanting to talk here about art. We're basically talking <laughs> about shows and things we like. Um, are you so you mentioned did you mention that you go to you went to school to get your to get your, your art abilities? Or did you uh, are you self taught primarily? I went to I went to college. It wasn't it wasn't at like an art school like art center. It was just this little college in Pennsylvania called Messiah College. Um, I also went to University of Rhode Island. Okay. Um, so you're East but, Coast kid then, huh? Yeah, I grew up uh, in. I was born in Connecticut. Grew up in Rhode Island. Um, yeah, and then uh, you know when I when I was coming around for school, I my parents when I was uh, fourteen gave me the art of Empire Strikes Back. Oh, dude! So <laughs> you had the same problem as me then. That's changed, changed your life, didn't it? Yeah, man. Well, everyone always talks about Ralph McQuarrie. Um, and he's awesome. Don't get me wrong. But for yeah. me, I, I'm, I'm a Joe Johnston guy. Oh yeah. Yeah. I loved his drawings. Um, and he went on to become, I love this story because he was a concept artist that went on to become a director and made some like, like great movies like Rocketeer. Um, that's right. He did Rocketeer. Yeah. Shit. He did October sky, which I love. It's a great movie. Damn, he, that's true. Yeah. He's made a lot of good movies. Um, and I just love that story. Like concept guy goes on to become awesome movie director. But yeah, I loved his stuff. And, um, I love that. I loved all the, I didn't know like what it was. Like I, I loved what they were doing and I wanted to do that. And I just assumed it was like, you had to get a job in movies. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't know, I assumed that was like special effects or something. So I went to school for computer science. I don't know why I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know what it even was really. Uh, I love it. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. I, 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 I failed all those classes and I dropped out of that. Um, and then I was like, man, I don't even know what I want to do really. And I'm in college already. This I'm like wasting burning money. Uh, and then I was like, oh, I'm drawing in my notebooks a lot. And I like doing that. I guess I'll go do art. And that's kind of – I started taking some art classes and that's kind of kind of did that. <laughs> that's know? the best. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Because – to people that are younger that are coming up in like the art station days, we literally, there was no terms for this stuff really. Right. It was just people that created things, you know, there was no like, Oh, he's a concept artist. It's like, I think they like, I think what was Ralph's title? He was like illustrator or something like that. Or I don't know. Conceptual designer, I think was what he was normally originally named for. And he was probably one of the key big players of his time too. Yeah, oh, yeah, Ralph is on another level. That guy is on another level. Joe, Joe is cool because like his art is more, I think it's more or less like obtainable from an artist perspective. 
because he's much more, he's much looser. His perspectives are often off and his perspective, his like proportions are often kind of interesting and different, mm-hmm. but yeah, he, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Those two at the helm. Damn. <laughs> well, it's yeah. just interesting too. Cause like those guys, like Ralph, I think was just like a, he was like a industrial designer. Like he wasn't yeah. even a concept That's artist. That's what he was known as. Yeah. 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 So it's just like, he had a totally different, he was bringing a, like nowadays it's like you have all this like sort of sci-fi fantasy art to look at. But back then, like there wasn't as much, he had to bring this whole like realistic level of uh, design to it, which is awesome. It's a paradox I've noticed and think about a lot in just the realm of like artists and what we do and how we consume and how we create things. Yeah. You brought up a perfect point. And oftentimes what they would have to look to is architecture from the past or mm-hmm. what they have in their minds and their imagination. I think, so much about what great sci-fi artwork or artwork that hasn't like art that just um, kind of dives into the unknown comes from what culture you have, what you've been exposed to really what your form language is. Um, what is it you're trying to say? And so much of that is so like, it's such a big part of the process. And one of the things you mentioned earlier, which I agree with is oftentimes people, and maybe ourselves included will look at things or places like Instagram or ArtStation as a place of reference when it shouldn't be. It should be more or less like going inside your own mind and being free with sketching. Cause I'm actually, it's kind of cool. Like looking at one of, there's a, there's a sketch on your um, page, uh, the trench pilgrim. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming we do the same exact thing, which is cool. I'm assuming we're probably similar in age too, because our approach is probably similar. So I do like little small thumbnails in my sketch, my sketchbook and I'll scan them or take a photo of them and then like put them in Photoshop and then I'll go over them. And, and, and through that process, I get more form language, more ideas, more things come out. And I start to think like, Oh, if this was really a character, it would need like this to do that. And then it would have this shield for that. And you know, all these wild ideas start to open up. And to me, that's my favorite part, not the part of rendering. Cause I'm like, yeah, that's why I want those AIs to, I could just punch it in all these ideas and just do it, do it for me. You know, that's true. <laughs> that's a good point. And it's cool that you're brave enough to like, appeal, like be appealed, like find that appealing. Cause yeah, it's, yeah, I could see that being a problem. <laughs> Is that how you do it? Most of your stuff though, right? Little thumbnails and then build it out from there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like the thumbnail stuff is really just to generate, um, ideas, you know? So what's nice about this personal project is because it has no deadline. I can like go back and revisit until I have like just the right thing. Mm -hmm. Um, so like that trench pilgrim. I like that name too. Sounds like a punk band. (laughs) Well, like the, like the name too is, is crucial for me. Like, uh, I don't know, like if I can find just the right name, then I'll know exactly like what it needs in mm-hmm. terms of like theme and everything. Do you name uh, them while you're drawing or does they come to you as you go? It's it's not like a, a it's not always um I always have the name first or whatever. It, it, it sometimes I'll like I'll I'll know like something I want to draw, like some type of character, and then as I draw it I'll come up with the name and then it just it helps like solidify the sort of like mood or whatever. Um, but what's nice about having this personal project is that it all just feeds back. I can just put all the stuff I love into it and it just like, it all just feeds into it. So anytime I hear like a cool idea, like I'm always like, how can I, how can I apply this? You know, um, how how can I make this 
work in my world, you know? Yeah. Um, and you build it out from there. That's cool. Yeah. And just kind uh, of elaborate or extrapolate on it. Yeah. And it just, as time goes on, it builds more and more. Uh, and, and, it, and like, and then you can start taking stuff that you already designed and bringing it back over here or like to make the world feel richer and things like that. Um, it's just a lot of fun. How far away are you from making this epic book that I must own? <laughs> <laughs> well, I wanted it. I want, I, I wanted it to be like 300 pages. I wanted like That's a, a good big size. ass. Yeah, yeah. Like a really big book and it's going to, it's going to be a long time. <laughs> yeah. It takes so long, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It takes so long. Have you if considered doing something like a Kickstarter or Patreon or something to help fund the, uh, the, the effort so you could have time for it? Yeah, I was thinking about doing a Patreon. Actually, I've been—I have one sort of started. I haven't released it, I guess you'd say, but because sure. um, it would step. be fun. Yeah, it's quite a step. Yeah, it takes a long time to produce all this stuff. Three hundred pages of of art. Oof, man. Yeah, I'm assuming you take time to work on your art too. You, you don't just jam it out. Like, well, maybe I don't know how, how long. Let's say, like, I'm sure it varies, but like the Trench Pilgrim. Uh, that one took about probably like well like it's tough to say because the design process in the notebook where i'm coming up with the ideas takes that actually takes the longest time interesting you're sketching then yeah it's like i'm i'm sketching but i'm also like trying to come up with like all the ideas that are going to go like into the character i guess um and like looking for the name and you know what do they what do they believe and like what what do these guys think why do they do what they do? Um, and that, that usually takes, that might take like a couple of months before it's ready to be rendered. Oh, um, wow. But I, there's always like a, like a million ideas going at the same time. Um, so I'm always kind of working at all this stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Damn. But yeah. the, the actual rendering was like, I think 15, 15 hours maybe. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So like a um, couple sittings then couple of yeah. days of just jamming it out yeah when i was when i was working at blizzard for a character it was usually like one day for like ideation design and then one day for rendering that's usually how it worked Damn. for me there, you must have saw so much awesome work that didn't get used there huh yeah well it's, it's funny too because like you get these guys that they're like stone cold legends like so like these super pros right but like they don't have any web presence yeah. You know? <laughs> I love that. Cause yeah, cause they're, they're too busy being shredders. Yeah. yeah, they, don't, yeah. they don't need all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, often too, it's like if you're, if they, if they're okay with working at a studio that they know they're going to be there till retirement. Yeah. Well, why, why do you need it? But like freelancers, you have to have that public hustle. Right. You have to constantly be hustling it, constantly be sharing it, constantly That's being in, in people's eyes. Because if you aren't, then it's like, well, you get forgotten, unfortunately. Yeah. And you're a little island. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If there was a part of your process that you wish um, you could improve upon, what part of it would be? It would definitely be the, the 3D stuff. I I find – like I just – I just looking at that jam, JAMA stuff, like yeah. I love the idea of being able to reuse a, a model that you made for like a, another painting or something like that, you know? Yeah. Um, get bashing it around stuff. Yeah. Well, well, blender's free and Eve is decent enough to get you far enough as you want. So I think it's like a kind of like a game engine render. So the GI is similar to like a game engine, which is, okay. which is plenty enough, you know, 
then you could just paint over it. And then you, but you, the cool thing is you can have a dynamic thing. Yeah. It'd be interesting yeah. to see like if you collaborate with like a 3d person or something. I did. I, we, my friend and I made a trench pilgrim maquette. I think I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's really cool. That was really cool. It was fun. Like it's a friend of mine going back to my first job and uh, I was over his house one night and we were drinking and I was like, Hey dude, it'd be so cool if you made this. He wasn't working at the time. He was making like, you know, that game Dota. Uh, yes. It's like a, it's a valve game, but they had, you could, if you were an artist, you could make armor sets for the different characters and then you could sell them. Um, and so he was doing that, uh, basically full time, but he was looking for a new job. Um, Anyway, I was like, oh, dude, it'd be so cool if you made this thing. And he had a bunch of free time. So he started sculpting it. We we're like, oh, we should make this into a statue. Um, and then, you know, we did. And it was, it was cool to see. And it's like huge. It's like 15 inches tall. That's the best. Yeah, it's I really have, cool. I have a, I have a huge 15-inch um, Lost Boy thing that um, Raph Grissetti and Igor sculpted. It's, oh, it's cool. insane. So awesome. <laughs> Yeah, it's cool to have it like in your space, you know. So, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's yeah. just cool too, because like, it was fun from my point of view anyway. Like, oh, this this like idea. It's not like a Blizzard thing, because a lot of times you you work for these companies and you get like tight. Like, for a long time, I was like, man, like, are people gonna like my stuff or do they just like my stuff because I work at Blizzard or what? You know. Sure. So it felt good to like make this thing and like, oh, they just like it because it's cool, you know? Yeah. yeah. You have a unique perspective. It's like, like a really, like, it's like the Kaczynski blend with all kinds of interesting thing, Wayne Barlow and like yeah. stuff from, but it's your own thing, which is awesome as well. Yeah. Yeah. Super cool. Thanks, man. Yeah. Yeah. I want to see this stuff moving. <laughs> yeah i yeah. man i daydream about that all the time <laughs> like yeah. a movie or something you know <laughs> yeah i can see this like translating really well i think yeah i got i'll try to do my best to see if i if i'm on a project or something i think it'd be, like if i were to i can't I'm, i didn't work on dune but if i was on it like dude you need to get this guy to design <laughs> stuff yeah because that would be really cool i think it's just a matter of time at this point yeah because oh really, that, that that'd be awesome the uh uh, when I was flying back from Rhode Island this weekend, there was like a producer for some movie. I was sketching in my sketchbook and he's like, hey, you, you make concept art? And this is like the most L.A. moment I've ever had. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and I guess he's making some movie and he needed like an artist and he emailed me about it. So maybe maybe I'll be working on movies. I don't know. <laughs> there you go, man. Yeah. Just make sure you have a contract signed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> make sure you get paid. Yeah, yeah. there's some sneaky guys out there. Are there? There's a lot of predatory. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, the industry, man. It's a gnarly one. Yeah, just be I'm careful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's there, there's some good people in it, but 95 percent are shady, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> or like not 95, maybe like 92 <laughs> percent. Well, yeah. well, how long have you been doing like freelance for movie stuff? Uh, I've been, uh, I've been in the industry for about nine years now and freelance for six, almost seven years, I think. Okay. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Seven years, maybe a little longer. Yeah. So long enough. And what I've learned is that it's best to just do your best work, always display your best work and only be focused on your best work and be okay with saying no to things. Right. Cause then you can have time for your own work if you can afford it. Right. And that'll always just make you better usually because, you yeah. know, there's so much, dude, so much I've do, I've done so much work 
over the years that's never ever going to see the light of day because like yeah. work super hard on like super important special film and like do 400 pieces and then it gets canceled <laughs> like <laughs> and then all that work gets just buried with it and, and you can never show it ever can basically never show it yeah wow i would like to try and figure out a way it's the real problem is is that um, unless the director is really backing you, like it's hard to get any kind of respect, um, to, to like, okay, well, if I design this certain thing, then I own part of it, or I'm able to show this stuff regardless or whatever. Mm. It's really hard to push that pressure because they're like, oh, I'll just go to the next person, you know? Right. Right. So there's a, there's a lack of respect. And at the same time, it's just part of the process. So, um, because there is, is an oversaturation. Cause like when we were first coming up, I mean, I'm assuming I'm, th- I'm 36. How old are you? Uh, 37. Yeah. So there we go. Very similar. <laughs> I knew we were but like when we were coming up there, it wasn't as saturated, you know, like there was, there wasn't departments necessarily. Um, there, there were, but when we were kids, it was kind of a rare thing, you know? So now it's like, there's these huge infrastructures and there's like all this stuff that happens. Um, but yeah, it's, it's quite interesting, but yeah, I don't know. There was this artist, he was like, I think a Polish artist, he was doing like these really cool surreal like landscapes. And then it was like, no, like it was like painterly kind of like Stalin hag, but then he would have like these mm-hmm. crazy tanks. I can't remember his name. Yeah. yeah. His name's, uh, I think Jacob Brzezowski or. Yeah. Did I, you mention him earlier? I think. Yeah. 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 Mr. Werewolf. Mr. Werewolf. That's his yeah. name. Yeah. He's yeah. got some really cool stuff too. Yeah. yeah. I love that guy's stuff. Yeah. Definitely has like a, I love the, um, I think you mentioned it earlier too, is like the, when you look at art and it tells you a narration through your imagination, it's like some of my favorite stuff because it kind of has a more cinematic quality because it, the narrative aspect that it has. Yeah, totally. I think like for concept art, the way I've always approached it anyway, is like, you know, what, what's the story you're trying to tell? Like, even if the story is like really basic, like it might, it might even be like, you know, with like, if you're thinking of Darth Vader, it's like space night, like space black night. Right. Mm-hmm. But, but even that, like th- those three words are like really strong space black night is I feel like a really great, like starting point. So your, your story could even be that small, you know, yeah. you don't need like this big epic backstory. I don't, it's more like an atmosphere thing. Um, that's true. It's a good point. But like with Warhammer, I, 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 like they have like 25 years of world building. And so like every faction has like a ton of symbols associated with them, right? Like they have all this stuff that makes them, you know, when you think about like uh, what makes something feel believable, it has like backstory. Um, even if you're not familiar with it, it look, at least it looks like it has uh, like a, like a life outside of the design. Um, and that's what that Warhammer does so well is like every faction has like logos and they have like all this crazy backstory and stuff. Um, but even just looking world. at, yeah. yeah, it's a huge world, but even just like looking at their designs, even if you didn't know anything about that backstory, it would feel like they had a backstory, you know? Um, and I think a lot of that stuff like gets, uh, people will sort of skip over just trying to like, you know, for at least when I was younger, just trying to like make a good drawing is hard enough, like let alone all this other stuff. Um, it's something that like, it's easy to skip that sort of like level of world building you could always do in your art, even if it's just for you, it's going to inform the design, you know? Yeah, it's true. Oftentimes I think anytime I've hit a wall or a, a hit a problem with the work that I do, like, 
even when I was creating all this Lost Boy stuff, I'd be like drawing just for drawing's sake and mm. not thinking about the what the world needs. And mm. I would get kind of lost to like, oh, okay, well, this is enough of the cool drawings. Now, what's the world need so that it makes sense, you know? So right. you're building characters with purpose, I think, is really difficult. Yeah. If you're not paying attention to it, I think it could be a very pro- big problem, I think, in the long run. Unless you're yeah. just drawing for drawing's sake, like a um like the the korean monster monster (laughs) artist yeah because he can just shred out the art and yeah like a like a crazy 3d printer or something yeah oh man that guy he's got to be some kind of like i like genius i think he just draws a lot i think though too because i've 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 met him and seen him draw a couple times yeah and i think it's just it's like the equivalent of just doing something natural I think because right. he's done it so much, he has such a muscle memory Yeah, that he's almost like, you know, a lot of times when I imagine when you and I draw, I'm guessing, but like we will draw a line, but we're thinking as we draw the line, I think he's already seen the line like three steps ahead. Right. So he's already like, he's in that flow state. It's like an edge of how you draw, you know, like for an average or beginning artist, you're constantly thinking about everything and then you're overthinking and then you make problems and then, then one eye is smaller than the other, you know, (laughs) with him, he already sees the eye. So he knows where he's, he's basically cognitively like four steps ahead. So yeah, because the muscle memory that when she draws, she says that she can see the image before she draws it. I'm not like that. Yeah, I can do that too, but it's also difficult because when it doesn't come out the way that I want it, I get pissed. So <laughs> <laughs> you're just like, no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Lost in translation, unfortunately. That's cool. So your wife draws as well. You guys are both yeah. artists. Yeah, she she's her style is a lot different. She likes um, like sort of cute, cartoony stuff. Okay. Um, but yeah, she's a really talented artist. Um, Did you guys meet over at Blizzard or up north or something? No, we met back in college in uh, Pennsylvania. Ah, nice. Um, yeah. Two artists. I always find that interesting because like my friend John, his wife, they, they're they both really exceptional artists. Um, they've both been on the podcast actually. Mm. And um, yeah, I always find that interesting. Two artists as a couple because like usually artists by ourselves were pretty useless in regards to anything <laughs> else in life. So I'm so lucky to have my wife. My wife is completely opposite to me. So She's able to yeah. handle like normal people stuff, like taxes yeah. and stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's actually it's funny you mention that because um, we're really similar in a lot of ways. So none of us like to be an adult, which is problematic, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that is problematic. Uh, <laughs> freaking adult world sucks. Yeah. You get to enjoy life better though. That's cool though. And yeah. th- does she do it for a profession as well? No, she's not a she's not a professional artist. Um, I keep telling like that's that's one of the things I'm like you gotta just you know put it out there but she's yeah. like it's not it's not ready yet oh you know? <laughs> yeah I love that one we all say that one that's a tough one yeah yeah because it's never ready yeah 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 well and that's like the uh, it's all that's what makes it tough too is because like you know I'm a professional artist I'm like I have a perspective on this kind of stuff and I'll be like I'm trying to give advice but it doesn't really go over well. <laughs> no, she didn't want to hear that shit from you, did? Yeah. No, no, man. Yeah, no, they don't want to hear that shit. No, no, they don't. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of better sometimes. Like, okay, I'll just keep it to myself. So, yeah. But I always, uh, yeah, artistic couples are always u- unique, you know, because it's such a unique dynamic. Yeah. Because um, you could 
because you don't want because there's a lot of ego involved, you know. So you you want to be like, oh, that's you should change that, babe, or whatever. And I, <laughs> oh, I hate you, you know. <laughs> well, it's actually kind of good because she 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 doesn't like what I draw. Like she doesn't like what I draw at all. Like it's not her style, right? That's cool. So when I when I want to know if it's good, I'll ask her like, "Do you like this?" And if she says no, then I'm like, "Excellent." <laughs> <laughs> dude that's the same thing i do the exact same thing my wife's like i hate it i'm like oh, perfect then i'm gonna love it and all my friends will too <laughs> yeah it was funny because we're i'm finishing up this uh, next film passage with uh francois and we're making all these posters and uh, i was showing my wife oh look i'm doing this stuff and then she grabbed my phone and started going through it and she's like just throwing all her opinions on it it's so funny she's like i don't like that one i like that one and this and i'm like yeah okay <laughs> i'm taking note I'm like okay yeah it's it's always funny because her reaction to things she's so blunt though and part of me i used to get so pissed uh-huh. i'm like man humor me you know <laughs> shit don't be so rugged <laughs> tell me i'm tell me i'm good <laughs> yeah please i mean sometimes you need that i don't know at least yeah. i do i'm like come on just go easy on me here but, <laughs> but sometimes it's actually nice to just get that blank like hey it sucks but at the mm-hmm. same time there's a saying that i learned from my friend chris which i use all the time now which helps me a lot with that is like other people's opinions have are no business of mine of like my work and stuff Okay. That's their bit. That's their opinion. Right. You know, and I guess that kind of goes out there. Do you have, have you ran into any kind of issues by getting your work out there on public forums and run into people that are like, try to critique your work or talk bad uh, to you about stuff or critique you, know, you? Some of the, some of the subject matter I draw is like, has, has not, not crazy, but on Instagram, there's been a few people like I drew this weapon and it's, it's all like, I'm not religious at all. So like all my stuff, it's like based in this heavily religious world though, mm-hmm. you know? And so that's what I kind of like to draw. I, I do like religion cause it's so interesting, you know? It's very interesting. Yeah. yeah like it's such an interesting you know, construct. Yeah. yeah. It's just so cool. Like all these people and like, there's all this lore and, in Spain, they have this thing called Holy Week where these guys like march down the street with these big floats and stuff. And like, it's just really interesting. Yeah. But there's, there's been some people who like will post on there like, oh, you know, cause a lot of the guys I draw, they, they look sort of like crusaders and stuff. And so some people take offense to that for whatever reason. And, it, <laughs> you know, it's like, I don't care. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. Well, if you're, yeah, it's like, if you're, I noticed those kind of people, the heavy religious, anytime anybody sways one side or the other, Republican, Democratic, whatever, they're always so sensitive, but hurt. There's just a butthurt, butthurt people. So yeah. So you chill out. If you really had deep belief in your faith, you wouldn't even trip out about this kind of stuff. Right. The fact that you do is means that you don't have a deep connection and, you're like, you're, you're afraid, you're afraid that it might unfray you. Yeah. So, stupid. It's possible. That's really I what I think it is psychologically. Cause like literally it's like almost like somebody going like, you don't love your wife. You're like, well, okay. <laughs> yeah, I do. It doesn't matter what you think. Cause I know. So right. yeah, it's like, it's just a disconnection, but yeah, I guess I could I, see that. Yeah. I get like, so far it hasn't been too bad. I, and it's funny too, like some people will post like some kind of comment and then like people will like defend it, which I, I always think is awesome. Like, Immune I don't, system. Yeah. yeah. I don't even know any of these people and they're like, you don't even know what he's going for or whatever. Like it's, it's cool. <laughs> yeah. I call that the immune system. That's always yeah. great. Cause it's nice when people like, you know, cause if people are supporting your art and if somebody comes in, they're like, Hey, like, because I think it's so, 
it's so unique nowadays to actually have your own voice because mm-hmm. everybody is so afraid to, to take those risks, you know, mm-hmm. and to go out on a limb and try different things and explore their own style because likes and opinions are so they're like the currency of the day. So if you right. go against the grain, it's like people have a hard time with that, you know? So but it's cool when you have your little microcosms, little, you know, your little ecosystems that work. That's always good. So, yeah, I like that term. The, 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 Immune system. system. Yeah, it's like these, everyone's like a little T cell, like protecting you. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, if you have, <laughs> I mean, if you put that out there, you know, like, yeah, your work is dark and has a dark subject matter, and it does have like religious connotations. But for the most part, people that aren't afraid to be uncomfortable with those things or consider the oddities of it, then it's like, well, get out of here. Then, yeah, <laughs> I exactly. always, I don't understand why people think that things should be made for them. You know, right? I agree. Yeah, I totally agree. Because even as I've, I've been bashing some movies, but I fully agree that they're not made for me. So I'm not right. going to, and that's not their fault. It just says I'm not into it. Yeah. So like the Avenger that's movies true. and stuff, I just, they're, they, they don't do anything for me. I'm not saying that they're not good. Just yeah. they're not my thing. So it's just like a weird well, thing, I think. So, yeah. I think the worst comments for me are like the reductive ones that sort of like, they take this thing that you spent all this time making and they just like boil it down to some like, blurb you know uh, like oh that looks like this other thing i hate uh, those dude <laughs> oh fucking i hate that shit i call them captain Bobbiuses. like they're always every time i post something like it looks like kira like fucking here's five points dude yeah your work looks like nothing so i don't even know what to say fucking turd <laughs> i hate it dude but at the same time i gotta go uh okay yeah. it is what it is i just yeah. don't I, I don't know i don't know I don't know why people say that stuff, but I don't. Yeah. I guess they want to say something, but they don't. That's that's what they thought of. I guess I don't know. Yeah, and I mean it's cool that I mean the other thing is it's nice, but yeah, that that they're relating it to something. As long as it's something good, you know, mm-hmm. like you're all, okay, cool. I guess, <laughs> but I mean it could be a sign that things are too close to something. You're like, okay, mm-hmm. but at the same time too, I think people's tastes are so like the, the people that do that. They have very small window of taste. Right. If they've only seen like 2001 Space Odyssey or something. (laughs) So when I'll post something that has anything to do with space, like, wow, looks like 2000 Space Odyssey. I'm like, my fuck, dude. Do you realize that there's so many other things out there? It's like, sheesh, man. (laughs) Yeah, it's very annoying. So, but I hate that too. I was just dealing with that. So funny because I was like, fuck. And when I posted, I knew it too. When I posted it, I was like, (laughs) fucking somebody going to say some shit. But then I have to remind myself of my little saying. That it's none of my it's none of my business, right? So, yeah, but I it guess is they, interesting. They do kind of make it your business a little bit because they're like telling it to you, you know, which yeah. makes it a little tricky. But yeah, I ripped on a dude um, that like said some shit on uh, Maché's post the uh-huh. other day, and he was just like, he was just like critiquing his art, like saying I'm unimpressed by this, and then that one. <laughs> so I just like I just ripped him a new one because I like comedians too. So I follow a guy named Chris D'Elia, and he's like really good at trolling back. <laughs> so I was just like, your comments unimpressive. Your non-existent account means nothing to me. Like, dude, I love it. That's and, and then he just deleted it instantly. He or she, I don't know. And then I deleted my comment too because I don't want to leave that on there. But it's just like, yeah. it's like person out there you got to stop doing that. <laughs> Nobody cares. And if they like, you're pointless. Cause why would you say that? 
like if you don't like it, that's one thing, but like to critique and have no basis, it's like, dude. Yeah. I mean, it would be one thing if it was Ralph McQuarrie critiquing Mache. Right. I go, okay, well, yeah, you can, Ralph, you can critique us all (laughs) and we'll listen. You know, it, it would be funny though if Macquarie was like a huge troll. When that would be Chris. funny. <laughs> it would ruin his art. <laughs> it would actually make it probably better. I don't know. So, it's just fucking grandpa trolling on the fucking, just like, uh, eh, sucks. Yeah. But you know, like, I think it's like, I listen to Joe Rogan's podcast from time to time and he says, like, do you think Michael Jordan's on there making critiques on YouTube? No. You know why? Because he's the best. <laughs> he doesn't need to go and like, you know, your jump shot could be like this. No, he's not going to fucking do that. <laughs> you know why? Because he doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. He's already the fucking champ. And that's how we all need to think about our lives. You know, we need to approach yeah. it the same way. It's like treat ourselves with respect. And like, why would you do that? I don't know. So I'm, I don't know. I think that was probably a wrong move for me. I didn't say anything bad. I just took his comment, reworded it and directed it right to, towards the person. So yeah, I think that's fine. <laughs> yeah. You know? Well, it's fair game, you know? So, yeah, totally. Yeah. But it is what it is. The internet is a very interesting thing. So, well, the thing I like the most about it though, like for the stuff, at least for like my, my own Instagram account, uh, which is where I get like most of my sort of like, like social media stuff, I guess you'd say. Sure. But like, it's so good at finding like like when somebody follows me I'll look at their uh, I'll look at like who they are, you know? Yeah. And then I'll see what they like and I'm like, "Yes, this is exactly who I want looking at my stuff, right? Like yeah. they like the same shit, you know? And I love that. I think that's so cool." Yeah, that's that algorithm I got work. <laughs> it's a beast of an algorithm, man. It's a very smart, very scary thing, but because it puts you in your little own your own little ecosystem, but for I think for artists and stuff, um, as long as you use it as a thing to stimulate um, on like a small occasion, I think it's actually really good to kick you up a little bit. But then leaving it alone, I think, is also really good too. So I, I put a timer on my Instagram for twenty minutes. That's all I give it a day. A little timer oh, really? comes up and it tells me, "Hey, you've been using it for twenty minutes," and I'm like, "Okay, see ya." Then I'm done. That's cool. I might come back like a um, couple check-ins through the day. Um, like very quick ones just to respond, to keep the right. conversations going. Cause I find that important too, but yeah, totally. Yeah. But it is cool. And it is, it's kind of like, I guess the equivalent of being almost like an art school still like an artist community, you know? So yeah, which makes it fun too. So yeah, I mean, it was kind of like, uh, what was that conceptart.org was a really cool, yeah, no, uh, I was a part of that, that, but I know oh, really? that was, I know that was a big thing. I, yeah. I actually don't even have an art station. I kind of stay away, even though I do all these things. I kind of stay away from a lot of stuff. Yeah, I don't know okay. why. I don't know why though. I'm weird. Maybe I just don't want to be associated or attached to it because I'm worried of what it's going to do to me. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it is though, because I think it's like they're they're really amazing resources. So so art station, I guess, is more like a portfolio site more yeah. than a. Com- it's not really a community, really. I don't. I don't feel. Yeah, and not in the not in the way that conceptart.org was, I guess. Or yeah, I heard that was a real big one. It was like DeviantArt was the original. I'm sure you had a DeviantArt, right? I no, I never did. Oh, interesting. So it's yeah. same kind of thing then. Yeah. yeah. Then yeah, conceptart.org. I remember that. Did it fall to the wayside? I I don't know what happened to it. I it kind of I guess people just stopped using it or it went away. I'm not sure. Yeah. I don't know what happened to it. Hmm. Um, but most forums I think kind of went away. Yeah. I think anything on the internet, it actually has a life cycle. 
yeah. Instagram, I think is at its peak right now and it's going to eventually probably two more years. It'll have a life cycle yeah. unless they innovate something new and unique, but they're really making the experience unique because of the, like the stories and sharing things and like getting your voice out there and the algorithm to kind of make connect to make ecosystems is the unique technology that makes it unique. Yeah. But something else is going to come along and just be more evolved and it'll basically tap into all those primal things because it right now that the ecosystem on there is like uh, almost like a casino thing. Like you pull the lever down and then all the numbers change. Basically when you pull down and refresh, you get all new kind of things, you know? So you're like a dopamine kind of kick. You're like, okay, what's next? What's next? And then you get addicted to that cycle. Right. I mean, it's, a, it's kind of an interesting thing, but yeah, I remember conceptart.org though, just going there as a viewer sometimes. So I like to watch things too. So I kind of like just stay back and watch conversations happen and stuff. So <laughs> right. like a voyeur or something, a voyeur. Yeah. 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 Voyeur. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, uh, concept art was cool because like they had like these daily challenge things and uh, all this stuff, and everyone was kind of learning and That's growing. Cool. And you'd post something, and like I remember one time I posted something, and some like really talented. This is I was I was probably like twenty, and some like super talented artist posted about it, and I was like, oh yeah, That's awesome. <laughs> what a like a good pick you up, you know, to help yeah. you out. Totally. I think there's like, like talking about critiques. I think I don't want to sound like I don't like critiques because I think critiques are amazing when they're done right. It's all about communicating it. You know, it's like, oh, you know what? You should try this. You should try this tool out. It'll give you this thing that you could help you, you help you with this thing, you know? Yeah. Rather than me like, it sucks or whatever, <laughs> you know, like. I find um, that like critiques for me anyway, like um, a lot of times you'd get critiques and you would like disagree, but then I would like if I didn't say anything at the moment to try like and defend it and I just sat and thought about it, maybe what they said was wrong. Like their particular disagreement was wrong, but like maybe they had like, there was something wrong with it and they didn't quite get it. But then if you thought about it and like how to come back at it in your own way, yeah. then I, that, that was when critiques were, were fine for me. Yeah. Uh, That's true. It's a good point. I think I'm in the exact same way too. Yeah. It's it's all about the approach though. It's communication and oftentimes it's not done right. So <laughs> Well, a lot of times people giving critiques, they don't have the same sort of frame of reference or art like they're not artists or sometimes, you know? Yeah. Or they don't so, they're not aware of your intentions. Usually that's another problem too. So Right. Right. They might think um, you're going one way when you're not there at all and you're trying to do another thing and they're like, Oh, blah 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 and you're like, I don't care. <laughs> but there's just true though. There are moments, you know. But at the same time, I uh, I often don't think it's ever right for another uh, one artist to ever say to another artist their work is no good or have no value or whatever at that point, because we're all developing. And if if we all were just to take like, let's say we started out and everybody got taught by Ralph McQuarrie, well, then art would be boring, honestly. Yeah. You know what I mean? If everybody had those fundamental skills and everything, like, I mean, maybe it would be unique and different, but the beauty of art is like we have the huge spectrum, you know, totally. Some people do photography. Some people do concept art. Some people do whatever food, you know, installation <laughs> art. I mean, I don't agree with all of it, but it's like, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that it has less value to me. It's like, I just, yeah, whatever it is, what it is. I had a, I had a sculpture teacher in college. He, he would, um, 
he would he would you'd make a sculpture and he'd be like, "What's the sort of like interpretive dance of this sculpture?" You know, like could you could you take this sculpture and make an interpretive dance out of it? I don't know. It was funny. That's interesting. Yeah, <laughs> our, our our teachers are always interesting too because uh, like they have such a unique and important role in most artists, but oftentimes that I've encountered, um, you know, I'm not trying to talk shit, but a lot of times the, the teachers that I've encountered that like, because they couldn't do, they teach. Oh, right. It's, it's right. a bummer. Cause you're like, Oh, you're getting like, you're getting education and information that's biased from a person that never actually made it. So like, right. well, where am I at here? You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is a I bummer. Like, yeah. I feel like nowadays though, like in terms of teaching for concept, at least for oh, concept yeah. art, it's a unique it's like, thing. Yeah. It's totally new now. Like you don't even have to go to school. No, no, you don't. I mean, so many times people ask me, oh, do I need to go art, to art school, this and that? And I'm like, well, what are you trying to do? Well, this, I'm like, no, just take these classes Yeah. and literally take these classes, learn from these guys as much as you can and apply your own style. And then boom, I've had a lot of students that I have from my classes go off right away and work right on films. I'm like, this That's is great. Awesome. That's proof, you know? Yeah. You mentioned you teach. How often do you teach? Um, I, I was doing it more before, uh, I was doing like a lot of, uh, mentorships. So just like a one-on-one -on -one thing. That's the uh, best. Yeah. I like that a lot. It's, I don't have any kids, but like when one of my students would like get a job, you're like, yes, Dude, you know, like it so felt proud. so good. <laughs> I love that. Cause they're, they are your kids, you know, in yeah, a sense a they bit. are your, they're, they're your tribe basically. Yeah. There's somebody that was vulnerable to you and you showed them something and then they took that and went off and did something with it. Yeah. Very yeah. proud. It, so like the teaching, I didn't know what to expect. Um, and it was actually pretty useful for me beyond just like having fun, uh, teaching, but like for a long, long time, I would just draw what I, what felt right. Mm -hmm. But I didn't know like exactly, I like there was a why I just couldn't, I never articulated it. Right. But then yeah. when you teach, you have to articulate the why. Um, and that was such a huge thing for me to like realize like, Oh, this is why I do that or that, you know? So it's, just even apart from like the fun of teaching someone, the the learning of, of it was really great. That's that's probably the biggest lesson that teaching can give you is like helping you understand your art further because you have to explain right. your intentions. Totally. Like, well, yeah. Cause I, I remember when I teach, I was like, people were like, oh, you do this. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> it's like it's years of intention, you know, right. like that are just honed down and almost all the time, always, it's always like, look, you're at year zero and I'm at year 10. Mm -hmm. We have years of distance, but if I teach you, you can cut out a lot of those years that were shitty for me <laughs> and jump ahead. I call them like time, time machines, you know, right, right. same with books too. If you like listen to a really good book from a really freaking awesome human that has a lot of really good experience, you can kind of time machine yourself through a lot of bullshit and get to mm -hmm. a better source. But yeah, but you have to be willing to take it, you know? So, yeah, but nothing beats a mentorship though. Like those are the best ever yeah. at all times, but they're yeah. so rare and they're very expensive and they're hard to do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would do more. I was doing a fair amount. Um, I would do more. I just haven't done any lately, but I, I taught that brainstorm class and that was fun too. Cause it was like good peeps over there, man. Some talented yeah. dudes over there. Uh, they're awesome. They were awesome to, uh, brainstorm to is for. James and John, right? They run that. Yep. James Pate. Yep. Yep. Dude, yep. He's such a car guy too. I love it. He's like a legit car guy. I don't, I don't yeah. know if you're into cars, but yeah, he's, I, I, I follow him on Instagram and he's always at some racetrack with his M3, yeah. like tooling oh. it up. Like, Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm he's jealous, man. He's got the addiction. Don't be jealous of that. That's a horrible addiction to have. I, I'm into cars too. That's horrible. 
Yeah, I yeah. love your photographs. What do you have an NSX? Mm-hmm. Yeah, first gen. Yeah, that's cool, man. Yeah, yeah. they're 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 the only reason I try to figure out how to become a business person because they're so expensive. It's a horrible, <laughs> horrible, horrible hobby to have. But yeah, yeah, but oh, yeah, that's cool. I like that about him though, because it is when you have as an artist when you have other interests, I think it you it bleeds into your art and it kind of infuses different types of things, so you're not just the same as everybody else too, you know? So totally like Wayne Barlow is really into all like those stories and mythologies and things and, and, and weaving those into his designs. I think that's what makes his design so unique and so special for sure. Yeah. Having that infusing it all in there. So, well, I I was looking at your, uh, your captain Marvel. I'm I'm not sure what you even call them. Like all the sort of like array of like these sort of designs. Yeah. Weird stuff. (laughs) I just call it weird stuff. Okay. (laughs) But I was like, man, I'd love to see your take because I'm into the occult stuff and there's all these like runes and things like to summon demons. I would love to see your take on some of that stuff, you know, like that would be so cool. (laughs) What is it specifically? I'd love to try it. Um, If you just look at like, if you Google like demon sigil and you'll see all these like crazy demon kind of sigil. Um, I'm sure you've seen it before. Yes. How do you spell sigil? I suck. Uh, S-I-G-I-L. It's a weird, weird word. <laughs> oh, yeah. okay. Yes. All the languages. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. yeah I, I love, love this kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, you do a lot of it in your work too, which I think adds a, another, another level. When yeah. I do my Lost Boy stuff, I try to put a lot of this stuff in there. I'd be like, oh, let me look at Russian language mashed with Japanese, mashed with like a new symbol system, you know? Right. Um, and then building out systems that would follow from there and building out motion. Yeah, these are crazy. It's like sacred geometry. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. We're so weird, man. Humans were so <laughs> weird, dude. <laughs> when I see this stuff, I'm like, we are so weird. I love it. Yeah, these are cool. Yeah. Oh yeah, this is this totally. I see this all over your art. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's like it's something that you can add that is like it's already there, and yes. you want it to look like the thing. You don't want it to like necessarily redesign it because then it'll look different. Yeah. The only like there was a that new Doom game came out not too long ago, and uh, this guy named Emerson Tung redesigned a whole bunch of like unique demon sigils um, that they made they made for that game alone. They weren't based on any of these. Well, they were based on them, but they weren't like copies of them. And he like broke down the sort of anatomy of one of those sigils, right? Like, Oh, you know, sometimes they have that little cross on there or like a little arrow and like a squiggly line, you know? Mm -hmm. And he like broke down the anatomy of it. And then, and like, because he learned the anatomy of that symbol, he can make his own, you know? And I just, I thought that was such a cool thing to see that like he understood like, he looked at that so much that he understood like what made them look the way they do and then could make whole new ones that had never been seen before. That's but they, awesome. they, they look like they totally belong. You know, I, I loved that. That was so cool. That's cool. I haven't played the new doom. Looks cool. I know Emerson. He does like sketches and stuff, right? Yeah. He draws like these tank, these tank robot guys. Yeah, he does, um, they're he does stuff like cool. in a sketchbook a lot and stuff. Yeah. 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 Okay. I'll have to find this sigil thing that he did. Yeah. He's, he's like a robot machine. Yeah. So much cool stuff. Yeah. All that. It's on his guy. Oh, okay. Cool. I think so. San Diego. Yeah. Oh, there it is. Okay. I found it. I was looking on it. Yeah. Ooh, cool. Yeah. I could see this. All the combinations. Yeah. Yeah. This is rad. 
and I, like for me, like concept art is almost like more than half. Like there's part of it is like the execution of your design, yeah. but like maybe more than that, like maybe it's like six, six to four or something like that. Like it's all about research, like just researching. Yes. And like, and I think a lot of people, they, they look, they'll go to like art station. They'll look at art station and be like, okay, I'm researching or Pinterest. Yeah. Yeah. But like, really, I think that's, that's not going to help. Like the research is going to become like, it's for stuff that you like, you know, like the stuff that you really love is what's going to make your art uh, cool. Like, like even in my classes, like I tell people like, like, what should I draw? Like, well, just draw ex- like whatever you love, you know, like, don't worry about what some other person's going to like, you know, just yeah. draw that thing that you like. Yeah. Fuck it. And that's actually the great, the best way to approach it. So I like that you teach that too. Cause I'm all about that as well. Yeah. It's like you, and cause I'm all about individuality. If I can tell you're onto something cause your taste is good. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh, just evolve that. Keep evolving it. Keep evolving it. It's unique. Yeah. It's different. Don't just copy or follow the trends because it's easy to do that. Yeah. Have your own individual thing. So many times, I imagine probably artists come to you and ask you the same thing as they'll go, I have an artist block and all this stuff. Do you encounter that? And then how do you get overcome it? I have a whole way I overcome it, but I'm curious about your approach to artistic block. I guess the only, I don't necessarily have. I knew you did, I knew you don't. Artistic block, I, I guess, but yeah. um, what do you mean? <laughs> I knew you wouldn't because your art is so imagination, like it's so imagination based. So you, I can tell when you, when I look at your work, I know you don't have block because I can tell that you have fun with your art. That makes sense. Uh, yeah, yeah. You're not well, fighting it. And, and I can tell you're not trying to be something that you're not. It's weird. Mm. I don't know how I could read that, but it's, I could see that when you said that, I was like, I know he doesn't. I'm sure you have <laughs> moments where you're like, ah, fuck, but like, they're probably short lived. So there will be times where I don't know how to like execute maybe on the idea. Sure. I don't know if that counts as our artist block, but I guess there, there's Come always on. like a million ideas like in the hopper, you know? Yeah. Um, but if I some, – sometimes though like like if I'm not getting a design right and it's usually like the sketch phase. So it's not like – I don't – well, sometimes I do go to render and it will go wrong mm-hmm. and then I'll just do it again. You know? Sure. Uh, or I'll take a break and work on something else. Um, it's probably best then and yeah. you find your own thing. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, that's really, that's why I always tell people to, or I say like, go back and watch or read books that you, that got you inspired in the first place or watch movies yeah. to rekindle that growth and then go off and be imaginative and evolve that taste, you know? So yeah, it's, it's, I think it's discipline though. You know, like what you said is don't just go right into looking on Pinterest or trying to find a quick thing, like go into research and take time. Like we are doing this short film with, um, Francois and the reason why a three minute film is taking a year is because we have to go through the process of failing, thinking, evolving things, trying things. It sucks, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it's really, really, we're almost there and it's like, Oh, it's just so cool seeing it almost done. It's like (laughs) so rewarding. Yeah, but yeah, it fucking sucks. The process <laughs> is horrible, <laughs> but yeah, but there's never a block. I've, I don't know for me, I've lost the block stage a long yeah. time ago because I'm like, now I'm at the point where there's simply not enough time to execute all my ideas. And I'm like, right. Oh shit. So I'm on the other yeah. side of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, 
I wish there was more time. I, maybe I, I, I don't know about you. Are you like pretty, you have like a pretty rigid schedule. Like I work from this time to this time and then, um, I try to, I have a yeah. very unique, like a rigid kind of structure. And I learned that from like Vitaly and a bunch of books that I learned. Okay. Like basically processes to get like full edge executing a lot of stuff at once. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's still very difficult. I'm on an inverse schedule right now where I basically work until six in the morning. I go see oh. up at 12. I've been doing that for about a month now. So it's been really <laughs> very weird. Yeah. Yeah. But I like that because I can just be, com- the world is completely quiet. Nobody's yeah. e- emailing me or anything. So, <laughs> yeah, it's good. Um, so, but how about yourself? Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not super disciplined. Uh, so I, when I went to work, it was different because sure. like you're at work and I would just crank through everything. But working from home, there's so many more distractions actually. Um, so it's hard to be, get that sort of like discipline. Yeah. Uh, I've been doing better lately because for a long time I was just, I would wake up and wear like sweat. I would just wear sweatpants <laughs> and yeah. then I would wait till the day, like I'd work in the morning or something or I just kind of mess around and I'd wait till the afternoon to take a shower. <laughs> and then like, I then recently I've been like, okay, I'm going to get up. I'm going to take a shower. Just like I'm going to work and like put on work pants, like, which is for me with shorts, but it's different than sweatpants. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so all the freelancers actually, listening to this are laughing because we all do the same thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. It's actually been helping. I've been getting a lot more work done, you know? That's um, good. Yeah. Well, if you have a problem with that, there's a couple of books. I, if you ever need, just let me know. That really helped me out. What What were they called? Um, one of them is Manage Your Day to Day. Scott Belsky's okay. book. That's a great one for all freelancers. Um, another one is um, uh, The War of Art. The War of Art. I like that name. Yeah. Cool. It's Stephen Pressfield book. It's basically about procrastination and personifying <laughs> it within yourself okay. so you can identify it and like, basically blast through it Mm. that's a good one um and then eat that frog those are like the top three okay eat that frog is really good it's actually one of the best out of those three so if i were to recommend any of those that would probably be top one because it basically shows you how to maintain a proper structure of priorities because okay as an artist we all think we think of everything in our mind as it being a priority oftentimes more often than not the thing is, that's not true. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you have to identify like, oh, I need to get groceries and all these things. And you have to have a list of your priorities of things and understand right. your list. And then from that list of priorities, all your decisions are made. Then you construct all your decisions. And then from there, you you organize and transfer all those choices into what you do for the day, mm. how to digest your day. And then you execute. And believe it or not, once I did that, because I, I was like, man, I'm so busy, but I'm not getting a lot of work done. <laughs> a lot of times we were getting, I was getting busy. Like I felt I was getting, I was busy, but I was just doing busy work. Mm. I wasn't doing real work, you know? Mm-hmm. So I was getting frustrated and I read all these books and I, I, I found out, oh shit. Like I was basically doing all these wrong priorities and not paying attention to what mattered most, which is like my mm. own personal happiness, which comes down to hard work, deep focus, mm-hmm and getting good big things done. And that's what like I designed my life around it now. So I have a full regimented system and it works so super good. So, so I'm able like to juggle schedule? like five projects at once. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. So and you, learn a like, lot too. Write, you write down like a whole list and everything. And yeah, people that listen to podcasts probably tired of me saying this stuff, but if, <laughs> if you haven't heard this podcast before, you're going to love this. Well, basically the night before, and I learned this from Vitaly the night before I write out, 
all the things that I need to do. And they're all only a level or B level list stuff. I don't do anything. That's like, that's, I don't find important. I just okay. simply say no to everything that doesn't matter to me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's amazing how good your life is once you start cutting out all that bullshit. <laughs> so, um, but you become kind of a diva. So it's like a byproduct <laughs> of it, but oh, well, I'm sorry for my wife to has to deal with me. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you cut out all that. So anyways, I write out all my list of things to do, um, the night before I meditate on it. And then I write out times to do it. So, and I usually try to start with my hardest task in the beginning and I right. execute and I, and I set timers on my phone. So like, um, here, I'll just grab my sketchbook so I can I have two books. I have a sketchbook and then I have like my, I don't know, I guess my responsibility book <laughs> and it's filled basically with like just little lines of whatever the word is. And then like a check spot check box. But, um, yeah, like I'm working on the title sequence for the passage right now, title cards, um, doing a bunch of poster options, poster renders and working on another scene. Um, and then I'm doing light passes and composite compositing. So I have these all broken down through the day. Mm. Um, and I had to run some errands, so I had to put that in there as well. And then basically I'd just write it out and then put an allocated time next to it. Mm. And then I'd set alarms on my phone and then just boom, 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 get it done. And. Um, if I can get 80% of that done a day, that's a powerful day. And then just yeah. kind of rinse and repeat, have some overlap the next day. And come Friday, usually basically I'm paying, I'm playing pickup from Monday. So I'm just kind of <laughs> regurgitating everything and refixing. And there's always something fucking, you know, once you get into CGI, it's just the worst. Some program updates and then a thing breaks and you got to log in the oh, password. Yeah. You got to get this thing. And it's just like, fuck man. <laughs> a render takes, a render you thought was going to take an hour takes 12 Okay. Some of the sequences in, 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 um, passage, they're like, there's a 900 frame piece sequence in it. And it took a, a crazy computer with like eight 2080 T, um, TIs, like these new crazy yeah. to ray eight, tracing things. Yes. It took eight of those. It took five days just what? to render that. <laughs> yeah. Straight going around the clock. Is that yeah. your computer? No, no. I had to send it out to a farm. So a friend oh, of mine okay. is helping us. Okay. Rensolve, shout out to Rensolve, R-E-N-S-O-L-V-E, I think. Yeah, it's my friend Patrick. So, and sent it off to him so he could render it so my machines were free. But I have two mm -hmm. machines. I have six GPUs total. So I split wow. shots between those two. So, damn. It's very expensive. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds expensive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but once you go in, you have to go all the way, you know? So, yeah. But that's a process. So if you're having a problem, I would, I would suggest, I don't know if you have a problem, but if you want to have more structure, like that helps a lot because as freelancers, we don't have like a producer getting on us necessarily. Yeah. Um, and you kind of have I'm, to rely on it. So I'm real like, I, I was always like at, when I was working, I always did like more work when I was on the job, you know, yeah. like at, 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 at like Blizzard and stuff. Like I did more work than was probably I should have. Hmm. Because it's easy to do. You're just, you're there. You're separated from all these distractions. Yeah. But then when you're at home, it's like, well, I, I could just go watch Saving Private Ryan again. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's dangerous, man. Yeah. Cause I mean, I think we're not made. I mean, my friend Anthony always like trips out on my path, my process. Yeah. He's like, fuck, dude. Cause like, you know, I'll have, I'll be honest, I'll have moments of like anxiety attacks or breakdowns because I'm working oh, too wow. hard. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think my formula is accurate. So it works for me, but it, at the same time, it's incredibly challenging because I'm working 12 to 16 hour days constantly because I'm oh, wow. trying to feed this big beast because I have big ambitions for bigger things. So, yeah. and you can't get there by just being like, oh, well, you know, I'm going to go fart in the corner. 
know? <laughs> there's no fart in the corner time for me, you know? So <laughs> oh, that's awesome, man. But as artists, I think we need that though. And we need a lot of time to just take a walk and think and be in our heads a little bit, you know? Yeah, so for sure. Um, so many of the, like the big prolific, amazing artists and creatives of our time have been big walkers or big thinkers or people that would go and spend a lot of time insular in their mind to go and then pull out these bigger thoughts and stuff. So there is value to that. And you can add that into your list too. Like, Oh fuck, you know, from like, you know, from five to six, I'm going to go take a walk, you know? Yeah. Or five to that, seven. So yeah, that's for me. That's like, before I go to bed, I'll always read. Oh yeah. And so like that, that's when I do that sort of like, um, that sort of like searching for new stuff or like just thinking about it. Cause your your mind like will wander a lot too. When yeah. I, at least mine does when I'm reading, I'll, I'll have to reread a page cause it started thinking about something else oh, or yeah. whatever. Um, yeah, that's kind of how that works all the but time. I, yeah. Um, yeah, that sounds really helpful. Cause, uh, the last time I freelanced was back before I got my first video game job back in uh, 2004. And I was, I was doing freelance for like these, shitty little tabletop role-playing game companies yeah and like i was getting like 20 bucks in illustration you know oh man <laughs> oh man yeah Ouchie. but my my rent was 200 bucks oh okay well yeah you're on the east coast right or are you up yeah. north well back then i was in harrisburg pennsylvania which is like there you go baby that's that 200 month of yeah dollars a month rent right there yeah, yeah it's, so, you have to make a small fortune to live out here every month yeah yeah it's, well and the health insurance is a big Ugh, one man yeah. it's crazy yeah yeah and then you can't use it for anything too like unless your like arm falls off other than that you can't use it for shit yeah it's like i have to i go get like massages and stuff massages because i train jujitsu and my body oh, yeah. falls apart <laughs> like I, they don't pay for that. They don't go dentist. None of that shit, man. It's crazy. I'm like what? What am I paying like a thousand dollars a month for? It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. yeah, it's basically yeah. to pay for all the people that don't have it. So it's like, <laughs> it's like <laughs> such bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the woes of becoming an adult. But yeah, man. I I didn't think it was going to be that expensive, but it was. <laughs> yeah, it's all the extra things that you don't imagine. Yeah. Yeah, it's still worth it for me. I mean, I love. I love just being able to like not have to go to meetings and stuff. Um, yes. I'm curious, like when you work on these movies, like do you still have to go to meetings or like, do you have to go into the office or how does that work? I try to avoid it. Usually yeah. um, if I start on a f project, I, I will make it a point to try and go out and meet them at the studio and just meet face to face. So they know that I'm a human. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Then from there on, I just work remotely and You're right you know, it's so important to get trust right away. So that people can trust like, Hey, like if I ask you to do something, you're going to do it. Cause you're not there. And you know, I think it's a new model. It used to be very hard in the beginning. Like mm -hmm. even five years ago, it's changed a lot. I think people are realizing the power of having remote workers because they don't have to have the overcost overhead cost. Yeah. You know, sure. a, a desk and a computer and the AC and the rent and the room and blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. So they can make, they can save money by having you away from them. But at the same time, mm -hmm. you, they have to trust you, you know? So, yeah. yeah. And if I've worked with some people that are like crazy and they don't trust me, I'm like, dude, I'm out. I just fire myself. <laughs> Cause I'm like, I'm not going to deal with this. You know, right. if you don't trust me, then we have nothing to do here. So, right. 
but I don't know. I'm a diva. So I, <laughs> it's like, it, but when it works, oh man, you know, I'll crank out yeah. the work, all, everything that they need, you know, and yeah. beyond. So, but yeah, I trust, you know, but that's real. I, I do sometimes do have meetings, but I try to avoid them. So mm. I just feel like they're honestly a huge waste of my time. So, yeah. Well, the, uh, did you watch that Jodorowsky's Dune movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I loved like you were talking about trust and like that guy, he was like, I wanted people who are like spiritual warriors. Like they, <laughs> they don't, they yeah. don't just like want to make, they don't just want like, they believe, right? Like they believe in the project. Like, yes. I love that. I love that. He was it's a cult cool. leader, but he was, like, he was an unsuccessful cult leader. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I, the first time I watched it, I was like, this is awesome. And I watched it again. I'm like, this is weird. Yeah. yeah. And then the, I watched it for the third time. Like, whoa, he's like a total cult leader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's 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 actually great, and it's a bummer. But at the same time, I see why that film never got made, just because he was so outrageous. You know. Yeah, yeah, for it's sure. Like, you know, he really lost it by like giving Salvador Dali so much money and stuff. You don't <laughs> need that, but I mean, I guess I guess I get it. So, but it's a reason why certain films are made and some aren't. You know, so you can have all the amazing people, but not have the the flow. And I think it was proof in the pudding because all of everybody that was basically the key players on that went off and went with Ridley and they made alien. So yep. you yep. have that amazing energy and that amazing team went off and made a classic. So, but what was the difference between those? And I think it was a realistic production. I think that's what right. it was because you need to have those people. You have to have the, you know, the bean counters and the people that are like saying no and making you, ch- um, you know, I remember talking to one of my directors and I was like, what's the, what's, what's basically your job? Like, they're like, basically every day I get up and I have to defend my, my place. I have to defend mm-hmm. my ideas. I have to fight for the movie every day. I have to fight. And I'm like, that sounds horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Cause as a kid, I was like, I want to be a director. And as I get older, I'm like, I don't think so. But <laughs> well, you are right. I mean, you make your own movies. I try to. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, you know, like I could have probably taken a fast track by going and getting a producer and like a rep and all that kind of stuff and done that. But I think the industry is changing, shifting so fast. So I'm more on a point where I'm just building myself up slowly so that I can make my own stuff without having to ask people for permission. Yeah, that's awesome. Because a lot of times the directors that I grew up with, that you, we grew up with, is um, they wouldn't be able to make their stuff unless they collaborate with all those people. Um, mm-hmm. but we're actually in a really great age now where you can do all this stuff yourself if you have the discipline and the fortitude and the time to do it. So, <laughs> cause you can do all those vis effects, you can do all the concepts and stuff and you can definitely, I love teaming up with people, but it's very hard to do when you don't have a budget Yeah, because you're like, Hey, you know, you want to do this. Oh, I know you're busy <laughs> with your shit. Like, like if I were to like ask you to work on something with me, it'd be like, it'd, I'd have to really seriously consider asking you for some of your time. Cause I know, a, you don't have time. B, you probably would rather do your own thing. And then C, it's like, I don't have money. So it's like, you know, right. it's like, it's very difficult, but yeah. it's definitely possible too, though. But yeah, I think if like you're on the same page, it's easier. Like when my friend sculpted that trench pilgrim, like he, I didn't pay him or anything, but yeah. we were just like, we'll just split the proceeds down the line, you know, yes. if there's any. Um, that's how I do it usually too. Anytime yeah. I collab, like when Mitch a and I do posters, we always split 50, 50. Yeah. Cause we're like, well, you know, fuck it. Like even if one does more work than the other, we're like, eh, whatever. It's better that way. Cause otherwise like it's healthier. I think. Yeah. You're going into it with the frame. Like we're equals. Like I don't deserve more than you. You know, I like that. Yeah. I think the work it's, you feel in the work that works better that way. You know? Mm. So mm-hmm. yeah. All right. 
right, there we are, everyone. Big thank yous for to Michael for coming on the show and sharing his time with us this week. Hopefully you got all those links. If you didn't, you can go to thecollectivepodcast.com slash 205 to get them all. And also don't forget we have the store open at thecollectivepodcast.com slash store. And we have awesome merchandise for you if you want to represent and also have some cool classic gear to impress your friends and family. Um, that's going to be it. Hopefully you enjoyed the show. This is going to be uh, episode 205. Um, go out there, be powerful, be prolific. Peace out, everyone.